This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Bode. Here me out. Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Um, wild weekend, a lot of different fronts. I guess the appropriate place, place to begin is um, Bill Russell, the death of Bill Russell at 88 years old. Yeah. I was taking a nap, and I woke up, and I get my phone and read it. Bill Russell has died at age 88. I'm like, I gasp immediately, and then I'm like, Wow. Like, I just started thinking about Bill Russell and everything that he meant to the game of basketball, to what he meant as an athlete in the 1960s, the racism that he went through, um, the the breaking barriers that, that the barriers that he broke, um, him represent him representing the country, him winning in college. Him and Wilt Chamberlain, I started thinking about. I was like, man, like his main like kind of rival died in like 1999, and he's been you know kind of hanging around since. And you know, you just look at Bill Russell, and he's just always there. And you never think Bill Russell's gonna die, even though he's very old or he was very old. And I was sad. And we got at least like you know the Celtics got to the finals this year. And, um, you know, he was able to be on the home court. He gave out the trophy. He didn't give it to the Celtics, but uh, he, he did get to, you know, appear out there. And it was just uh, – I've been listening to a lot of stuff about uh, Bill Russell, about, you know, how great of a teammate he was. I started learning my Bill Russell history by books uh, when I was, like, in fourth grade. Like, no one had told me about it. I just kind of stumbled upon it one day. I was like, hold on, what? The Celtics won, like, how many titles in a row? And then I just – started devouring any book I could find on NBA history and, you know, just, just everything he did. And I was like fascinated, but I was like, but he doesn't like score that much or anything. And then they were like, Oh, he had 30 rebounds and, you know, uh, he's like a phenomenal athlete and a great defender and, um, initiate breaks. And yeah. Um, the way he would defend and play defense and not block it out of bounds, great outlet passer, different stuff like that. And, um, you know, you always like just hear about uh, some of the stuff that he did as far as like uh, running the basketball camps in Mississippi and really like, you know, putting his neck out there for a lot of that stuff. And he was, 
a legendary figure in the game that he was just everyone's like you all everyone looks up to Bill Russell and um I they said he had a nice like peaceful death he was around family like they didn't disclose how he died kind of fitting uh we didn't really know too much about Bill Russell uh outside of the game except like Bill Russell don't take no shit um then I heard you know some some interesting stories and just think about the dynamic of being a a black man in Boston Massachusetts which is you know it has a it has a terrible history of racism but there's also like a strong black community in Boston as well that I don't a diverse think. community of black people in Boston too yeah like the and, Caribbean and influence there is heavy and, and it's been like that is pretty much long as like the cities existed and. The cool thing I heard about Bill Russell was he like ingratiated himself to that, you know, that populace. And like, uh, of course, we we know about, you know, some of the terrible stuff that he went through. Like they were shitting on his bed and, you know, they were doing a lot of stuff. And Russell famously used to say, I played for the Celtics. I didn't play for Boston. All the way around. He saw it as. Or, he, or no, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. He played for the Celtics and play for Boston. You're right. Yeah, and he told, famously know, told that to Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and it's like the 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 decades of like mentoring different NBA players. You know, I don't like. I look at Bill Russell and it, and it's just like, yo, that's the ultimate winner. Uh, when when I think about if there was a player like Bill Russell now, right, and they won the title eleven out of thirteen times, he was this defensive force and uh just you know it's it's like double tim duncan's career like (laughs) like and more so it's it's quite crazy um but uh what are what are your uh like thoughts on bill russell he's somebody that uh, when you're a person like me that is very much into like you know making sense out of things from your opinion and then like be being willing to reconsider things uh based off of uh numbers you see because i believe that like everybody has their biases or whatever else in like if something's telling you if, if something is correlated to greatness or something is correlated towards winning and like something's out of whack with whatever you see it might be time to, it might be worth reconsidering whatever you you know whatever you're seeing right uh so like i would look and see like like these Bill Russell's rebounding numbers it, uh, or the Will Chamberlain rebounding numbers. I'm like, what is this? I don't understand. Right. The Nate Thurman rebound numbers. Well, like what, huh? How does it make any sense? Uh, not knowing what the game, how the game was played. And it was just, you know, breakneck and just throwing slop up at the rim. Um, and everybody shooting, you know, in the thirties and 40 percentile in, 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 um, or in percentages. And mm-hmm. like, so when I would see like the Wilt Chamberlain stats and then in comparison to the Bill Russell stats and then would see like um what you would see as far as wins and losses versus you know the scoring ability and and everything else and then hearing people's accounts of both I'd always think oh these people are like too too far um in for inside the forest to see the actual trees um and, you know, that's stuff like that kind of happens still to this day. I, I I remember in Bill Smith's book of basketball that we both, you know, have read over a few times, like 
Chuck Closeman wrote the Will Chamberlain part. And after, like, I think an earlier chapter in the book where, like, Bill, like, Bill Simmons will annoyingly try to convince you or, 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 or have this argument bag that, that Bill Russell was a better basketball player than Will Chamberlain. Um, and, and then by citing, like, stuff like, oh, well, one person stood up for players, for the players, you know, the other one didn't. It was like, well, I thought we were talking about basketball, but whatever. Um, Chuck Klosterman wrote the piece for Will Chamberlain because, you know, Bill Simmons was too disgusted with Will Chamberlain to, to write up about him, apparently. And, like, the, the, I think the, the, kind of like the dismount on that, par- on that, um, p- part from, uh, Cl- Chosman, or Chuck Klosterman was like, Will Chamberlain could have been anything, um, and Bill Russell almost certainly could not have. Like, he could have been Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, or Bill Russell could never have been Will Chamberlain on the basketball court. And while that is true, um, over the years, because of things that don't involve what their playing days were, um, you, you just hear all the, the glowing respect that everybody, every contemporary from the 60s um, and like the later grace from the from the, from the generations after have for Bill Russell. And hearing stories about like how, you know, in the 84 finals, Magic Johnson dribbles the clock out and then he's just basically like fucking inconsolable, inconsolable for, you know, for, for days at a time. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas is like with him and he's like, he was, he was, in a, he was in a bad shape. And then, you know, all of a sudden, uh, he gets a phone call. Uh, and Cookie says you need to take it, and and then Magic's like I, I I just can't, and then Cookie says it's, it's Bill Russell, and Bill Russell says like Hey man, like that shit's gonna happen on the basketball court. You got to shake this shit off and not let this haunt you. And like you hear all these sorts of stories about Bill Russell doing this for guys younger than him. Like you also yeah. hear about like the Kareem relationship too, and it's like, and then when they both go to that meeting with Jim Brown, and you know. Um, in everything, it's like he was there and helped so many people in the generation after him, and gave them words of encouragement and things to try to, you know, find an edge or make peace. Like I think probably, uh, for me, my favorite Bill Russell moment, aside from any time he laughed because he had like the the most infectious, funniest fucking laugh ever. <laughs> like it's just this big guffawing, like it's it's what you imagine would be like. If you were going to make a black family movie and you wanted to have a funny ass granddad who had a laugh that made every that made the whole entire uh, theater like slap their knee. That's what Bill Ru- Russell's laugh sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, you type in Bill Russell laughing into your into your your phone, your computer, your laptop, desktop whatever it and find something on youtube or whatever videos you can find it and play it and all you need is like three seconds you'll know exactly what hell i'm talking about uh but um i remember him like once um once kg became a celtic they did this sit down interview where like they're just sitting there two legends sitting there talking um and at this point kg's 31 31 yeah yeah 31 you know, only really had a only really ever had one good team, um, made one conference finals, one MVP. It was probably better than his MVP year the year before, but he was on an awful team. 
Um, and like he's he's talking about like Bill Russell explaining to him like you know it's that oh it's it's more like they're both kind of. I don't know if it's filling each other out because they've made each other all-star ceremonies and all that stuff. So they know each other, they have a rapport, but it's more like, I want to kind of, it's kind of like Keiji, like, you know, and Keiji has this big, agarious, fuck, I, I'll ask you and say anything to you type of uh, attitude, but also realizing, like, I can't, I also respect my elders. It's really weird mm-hmm. with him. Like, but he's also like, but he's also like, I want to ask him some stuff, but I don't know if I should ask him. But Bill Russell's just like, Ask away, but it, but you kind of see like the, the 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 veil drop drop over time over this edited interview or whatever else. But um, Bill Russell was just like it was more like he was gonna ask him like, how should I lead this team when there's another star? Like I'm, I'm cutting the shit and kind of getting to the point of what KG was asking. Like how do I you know entertain Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and even the younger guys like a Perk in a in a you know Tony um, Allen and a Rondo. Um, now that I'm on this team that I, I've only known how to, how to like lead people were like, I'm clearly the best player as opposed to like, you know, in certain situations, it might be better for Ray Allen to take the last shot or Paul Pierce or if he needs to get a bucket or whatever else, like that sort of thing. Like he's trying to figure out like in his mind, like, cause you know, KG was never really a selfish guy. You kind of got to make him at times say, go out there and go get buckets if need be like, but so it's kind of like him and Bill Russell put together kind of makes sense because like Bill Russell made a made a whole career out of not being a being a sable tetter or a sable tetter a table setter as opposed to someone that you just gotta you know um go out there and go get thirty five or whatever else. So um, he was talking about like you know you'll feel it you'll feel it time when the time comes time you'll need to you know put the hammer down all this stuff and he talked about how like he always admired him over KG over his whole career and all this kind of stuff and. He said, like, you know, if you do the right things, whatever else, the titles will come. One title came, but, you know, bad luck. Um, and and then at the end of it, and then, like, the, the end of it, part of it is, like, it's kind of like, he's like, you know, I watch you for, you know, I watch you, you know, give, give, giving all this responsibility to carry a franchise and the franchise not necessarily do right with you via management, like the Joe Smith stupid thing. Um, and he was like, you know, I felt like you've always walked the right path. And like, if, even if y'all don't, you know, succeed or make it or whatever else, he was like, he, he isn't saying like, I will give you one of my rings. Cause you, you, you have earned this, even though you haven't gotten it yet, you have done everything. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, that's, that's high praise, right? That's high praise. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, KG's one of them dudes like, I like Iverson. Left it on the floor. You ain't there. Ain't never been no time where KG didn't give you your give give you everything he ever had. So like for me, like I was in my feels like how much I love hearing that because KG's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. And uh, and then like the dismount was, I forgot what the dismount was, but he ended it and he gave that fucking laugh. And he was like, but you ain't got to worry about that because because you know because y'all gonna win. So I ain't gonna get. I ain't gonna have to give you one of my rings. He started busting out laughing at KG's like he see how this, you see how this motherfucker is like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at camera. Like, you see how he is. He, he'll give you some real, some real game, and then he'll he always j- laugh it off. And then, and like that was like the big Gary's like huge laugh and smile and and everything. And like seeing him over these years or whatever. So I remember you were, uh, you know, we were talking about the '75 team, and I was like, yeah, man, like they got they got to do a '75 team. We don't know how much, how many more of these we got with Bill Russell. 
Mm-hmm. Like any chance you get to squeeze out getting an appearance with Bill Russell for the history of the game or his history of like him to drop whatever knowledge or, you know, insight to have a, a actual civil rights, <laughs> like, like a leader icon, in the civil rights movement, yes. an icon be, you know, I don't say leader, but icon like be there for the guys. Like that's a big deal. So, you know, I, I you know, I'm glad that, you know, all these people have all these moments, you know, uh, the moments that he's had with Kobe, the moments he's had with, you know, people like, Jerry West or Shaq or like, I remember, I think it was in the last year or two, you know, um, in the last few years, he started walking with a cane and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I believe it was the Obama administration gave him the, um, you know, congressional medal of freedom and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, to further, to actually document how much of an American hero this dude actually was. Um, and like, I, I think in the last couple of years, he, he did one last appearance at some award show or some, maybe it was an MVP thing. That yeah, did. yeah. And he's like, you know, they had Shaq up there, Matumbo and Kareem up there. And like, he, he, you know, he's, it's his time to talk to the mic and he looks off to the side and he points them all out. It's like five, you know, all time great centers. And he points them all five, you know, one by one, all five. And he, he hit off camera. Like, he's trying to be funny because he knows the mic can pick it up. But he's like, he goes and he whispers. He puts a hand over his face and goes like this. I'll kick all y'all asses. Like, this shit was, like, <laughs> Bill Russell was fucking hilarious. And he, and he knew he was hilarious. He realized he was, like, the funny granddad. He did at the end or whatever. I was like, it's, yep. and, uh, and I can't give you much on his playing career at the time. Because obviously that was the 60s. I was born in 87. But, like. All the stuff you hear about him going through all the all my contemporary legends or all the people I grew up watching over the years all have nothing but glowing things to say about this guy and the guidance they've given him and the guidance he's given to other people in the league and everything. And like I love him for that. Cause I we both love basketball. Like this dude was an all time great ambassador for the sport. So yeah. Um I was yeah. really sad to hear the news about what uh about um his passing. And just like you, like I never thought he was ever going to go. I never really, yeah. I never really ever considered it. it you know, it's like it was, you know, kind of like in the Michael Jackson. He's like, I never really going to think about the day that Michael Jackson died. He's like, oh shit, he died. Yeah, like huh. god damn. Like I'm still, I still, I'm still processing. I don't even know. Like this is way totally different than the Kobe thing. Where like the Kobe thing happened, and I was just like, I need to be away from everything. I haven't watched any bit of any Kobe like tribute or homage thing because like it's just too emotional for me, right? Like it had me crying on fucking recorded audio about this sh- about the car- about the Kobe shit. The Bill Russell thing is like I'm still processing it, uh, and and it's strange to think of it in that way. It's like almost like the Ali stuff where it's like, wow, Muhammad Ali's dead, right? Huh. Right. It's just really it's really <clears throat> strange to even think about. <clears throat> if you guys want to pick up the essence of Bill Russell, it's my favorite moment of his of his youth um pretty much it's after game seven of the 1969 nba finals um plays the lakers or wilt can't doesn't go back in the game either quits on the sideline whoever you want to believe doesn't go back in the celtics win the 11th title in 13 years on the lakers home court in the form the balloons never come down they get him in the locker room, and he's like, he's like an older-looking r- version of himself. You see the young Bill Russell, he's all skinny. And then towards the end, he's got the the big goatee and the little mini fro, kind of. And then he's got the gap to smile, and the announcers ask him, how does it feel? And he can't even put it into words. And he just gets a big smile. He's like breaking into tears. And immediately, like just watching that, I'm like, imagine, like the – road that he traveled and this was the end for him he never mm-hmm. played again 
And it was like, and it was to the point where he couldn't even talk about it. And at that point, you would think after your 11th championship, you probably talk all the shit in the world, right? Look at the Warriors and how they acted after um, this this uh, season when they, they won their fourth title. Imagine winning your 11th. Well, like, he you, couldn't even... Well, well, you know, the generations are different. They handle yeah, things different. <laughs> true. But, like, just seeing, like, you know, seeing him kind of break down like that, it yeah. brings you into... Uh, the human element of all this and uh, you know, what people really sacrifice and put it on the line for. And it uh, check that out. It's on YouTube yeah. somewhere, but yeah. uh, you know what else is also on YouTube? What the second half, or at least it was the second half of that game seven. And I got to tell you, like you know, people dismiss Larry bird and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there are people that was out here dismissing Jerry West. Jerry West was out here busting their ass trying to keep that team afloat uh, as as uh, Wilt was out of that game. He was a sensational in that second half. I watched that game. I watched that second half one time, and it was like I really can't believe they're not letting Wilt back in this game. That's weird. That's weird. But yeah, uh, yeah. So speaking speaking of West, it's like you think of the patriarchs of the league now. It's like Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, um, and I think Oscar I think the big O's still around he's still around but he's he doesn't have the kind of fanfare that Kareem and in, in, in yeah. um in Jerry West do um and you know that's for a bunch of different reasons a lot of it has to do with the part where like he was you know he was very hard on teammates and um he also is very mad about you know the the, the kind of bullshit he's had to deal with throughout his whole entire life so you know that's you know um, I think the last I've heard, last I heard about what was when he was talking about like, here we go. I shouldn't have brought it up. The shit when he's talking about, about like Steph Curry, all you gotta do is just get up on him, which is like fucking preposterous. And you know, Richard, Richard, anytime, anytime there's like the slightest bit of, because you know, like the ver- the variance you get from shooting from that distance, you're gonna have a stinker here and there, right? And that's what that's the Steph Curry thing. Like people will see Steph Curry drop thirty points or whatever else. And then he'll they'll see him have like a fifteen like a seventeen point game and that, and heart more on the seventeen point game than thirty eight even though like that shit and even though by the end of every series is like twenty six twenty whatever points a game he's had a he's had a perfectly fine series just one stinker stinker and like every single time like that one stinker happens Richard come out here and be like see all I gotta do is just get up on him like like just like Oscar says and every fucking time I'm like bro will you stop you see where this man is shooting from the parking lot give this man some slack he's, he, he's not supposed to be able to shoot that like that every fucking game but 2016 finals Richard run, a, run a off with that one so heavy so heavy bro yeah yeah but uh rest Rest in peace uh, to, to Mr. Russell, and um, yeah, man, let's let's keep it let's keep, let's keep moving the game forward, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, is there anything outside of wrestling uh, to get to before we get to wrestling? I don't know if there's anything. Uh, the Beyonce did drop this weekend. Uh, you you want to talk about the AP? <laughs> Put that shit on. <laughs> Uh, so yeah uh the beyonce dropped now i have not heard the beyonce uh 
So I can't really give you anything other than to say the Beyonce has dropped. I'll get to it sometime this week, um, probably tomorrow. But like I heard people say something along the lines of like this might be her, this might be better than what people, whatever people think is their their favorite Beyonce album. At this point, like you could say it's three different albums. You say it's like I, like if you're willing, if you're going to say like four or I am Sasha Fierce is her best album, I'm just probably not going to listen to your opinion on music. But like if you say like B Day or Lemonade or Beyonce, the self titled album is is one of her, I'll be like, okay, that's interesting. And a lot of people have been saying, like, they are emotionally trying to cope with the fact that this might be that good. And if it is that good, good God. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it this week. You know, I kind of either want to get to it. I always say, like, when the new music release drops, I actually want to listen to it. Like, I either want to get to it, like, the second the fastest available time. So I don't have to get bombarded with people's opinions or, like, a week later or days removed so I can get a pass like the hype for it because everybody aside from maybe like that last Drake album when a new album comes out with somebody that's you know culturally beloved it's always some incredible album and then you play and you're like yeah not so incredible sometimes so I was gonna uh, add I, I, was gonna, away from I, that. I was gonna add some so have you revisited the, the Drake but I take that as a no I've listened to the Drake one more time since then uh <sighs> Not for me. Yeah, uh, I listen to one more time. Yeah. I, I will say this: it was funny when I I randomly went through the Billboard charts and like the only song that like you know when people drop you know a whole album streaming now like everything if you're you know a heavy hitter heavyweight like goes straight to the top right. I thought it's funny that like a couple weeks removed, three weeks removed, or whatever a month removed, whatever it was like. I remember the charts when it was like a month before, <clears throat> after the uh, the last Drake album before this one dropped, and like that shit was still up there. Only thing still there is that song he has with Twenty One Savage in massive mm. in the massive track. That's it. Everything else is like plummeted, which lets you know. Hmm. Right. Oh, so the one track he did at the end where he was rapping, and then the uh, the actual like banger he has on there. Oh, okay, that's still on the charts. High, gotcha incredible yeah yeah man um i'm gonna jump over to aw fight for the fallen um last week this show was blazing one of the great dynamites i think in history um they ooh, bots in the chat I'll get to those in a minute. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, this was this was a great fucking show. Um, opened up, uh, and it was John Moxley. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Rich. We gotta, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. James Brown, yo, just said in the, in the chat, the AB rebranding is winning me over low key. Hey, man, Rich, tell tell him tell him how uh how how early I was on the AB uh rap rap career. James has been trying to get me to to start listening to AB from the beginning. I, <laughs> the, I, I, the first I, I, six, whole lot of money, I was like, "Hey, bro, like, look, I'm not saying he's some great rapper. I'm not saying he. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like the shit's catchy. It like if this was somebody else besides you know, guy that should be going to the to the NFL Hall of Fame instead of squandering his career to become a fucking rapper, then yes, like we would we would be like we would have like enjoyed this a lot more. But I get it, like because. We're like, this dude is going through a mental break. And, like, maybe he still is. I don't know. I don't care. The song was fun. And then, you know, the, the Kanye, he's hanging out with Kanye. You're like, oh, my God. These two, like, the mental health issues here that's going on is, like, outrageous. Like, this is, this is like, <laughs> this is like the Shaq and Kobe of mental health. 
Like, so we got we got to figure out how to get these do some help. So then, you know, he shows up to Rolling Loud. And, he, you know, that new song he has, I don't know what it's called, but, you know, he comes out in the hype man saying, do your dance, hey, and he comes out the. Yes, he was hanging with Hook also. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, man, I was like, I, I, I remember Kirby. I remember uh, Kendrick. Kendrick might have been like, he laughed at it, uh, the first song. And uh, and you were just like, nah, man, this shit's a gimmick. This shit's a game. This shit is ridiculous. And I was like, hey, man, he came out with this one. I was like, wake y- y'all asleep. Wake y'all asses up. Wake up right now. So, yeah, Joe, we here Joe now. Thomas. It's coming. it's coming, and I saw him put out a tweet that said he wants to be one of the greatest artists in the world. And when he tweeted out artists, like I felt like it was wrong that like he spelled artists right because like he seems like one of our Florida brothers that, spe- that pronounces artists plural as artists. Yes. So yes. I was I was fully expecting to see artists, but it was artists. Yes, I bet he Tom. pronounces artists. No, I, I, I bet he that. Does. I, I bet that a, a lot of our our Florida brothers do that. Yeah, artists. So CTE um, trigger. Yes, yes. Uh, Thomas Joe says the Shaq and Kobe of mental health is a wild sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I had to to give you something because it was like, hey, hey, I had to give you something. Black Saber Jr. says the young bucks of CTE. Yes. Jesus. Yes. CTE trigger. Good God. Oh, man. Well, anyway, AEW Dynamite fight for the fallen phenomenal show um one of the best dynamites i would say in history um and it was like a, a large focus on the youth throughout this show and um that's always a good thing so we opened up and it was john moxley versus roosh for the AEW interim world championship this match was awesome uh yeah. i would probably say about four stars um i thought like like Roosh is on that. Uh, I guess we got to draft him into the Jay Lethal Wrestling for Respect Academy at this point. Um, they gave him some wacky storyline reason to justify this championship shot here. And, um, you know, said he won 10 matches in AEW Ring of Honor in Mexico. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he uh, faces Moxley. They're, they're at it immediately. Moxley's bleeding almost like someone sneezed on him and you know he was bleeding and within i think before the first break um jose was out there um they there was chairs they they did some brawling on outside of course um they did uh like a big vertical suplex to the floor uh they were trading those chops of course which was cool to see um Penta and Phoenix at one point I believe ran out um, to uh, thwart Andrade trying to interfere. Yes. So yes. I didn't know if this was like a precursor to like Andrade getting a shot at Moxley or something like that. But um, that I was thinking more see. like it's it sets it further uh, continues the Rush and Andrade versus uh, Lucha Brothers uh, stuff. Yeah. So um, it all ended when um, Rush kind of headbutted his way out of. Um, you know, a choke, a rear naked choke, um, but got caught with the death rider, kicked out of the death rider. And then Moxley put him in the rear naked choke and then put him in the bulldog choke and he passed out. So Roosh, yeah. the worker, never getting pinned or submitted. So, yeah. Um, and uh, much like night one of the five star Grand Prix being the night of the brain buster, uh, this particular taping of Dynamite and Rampage was the, the night of people 
passing out the submissions without tapping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, a lot of a lot of comments on this match. Uh, Roosh right now is on another level. He's on his best behavior. Uh, Roosh knows his money time. Moxley bleeding all the time. Rules. Haha. Ha, blade goes burr. T mess says Roosh beating those carny allegations so far in AEW. Haven, Roosh knows he can't fuck around. Roosh is really that dude. He's more successful in kayfabe in two weeks more than Andrade was in a whole year. Retrogram Moxley had a fire week with this in the Despy match. Uh, I saw he was using skewers in that match. I haven't checked it out yet. That's but, the only thing you heard about that match? Yes. I heard, or I, not even I heard, I saw. There was like, um, there was like a bed of aluminum soda cans with the tops cut off, and I believe Moxley slammed Desperado into the fucking thing, into the fucking bed. Yeah. Well, 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 well then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I had no idea that Desperado was 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 such a sick individual, but uh, like I hear all this talk about how, or not all this talk, but like I hear like when they're doing all this stardom and New Japan stuff, like, Starlight Kid and Desperado desperately want to do one of those mixed tag matches together. And I gotta say, I got, we gotta figure out how to how to keep him away from her if, if this is what he wants to do. We can't, we can't jeopardize future, we can't jeopardize future of, of women's professional wrestling in Japan uh, with this nonsense. Either, either he needs to, either he needs to wrestle the right way <laughs> He cannot be around Starlight Kid. It was bad enough earlier this year when I saw Starlight Kid being around uh, uh, Mayumi Ozaki with all with all her Ozaki goon nonsense and, and whips and chains and, mm-hmm. and and crooked refs and and police. No, 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 it, no, no, just no, no. Can't do it. it. Either he needs either he needs to uh, apologize to the IWGP. <laughs> For his actions, or, or, or no, we can't do. We can't be doing this. If you I want, mean, to, if you want to tag with your, with your little friend and evil, fine. But you can't be doing this with her. No. I, I mean, I, I, I don't mind it. I mean, seeing as how Starlight Kid will be in the Fed anyway, you know. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll figure this out. Um. So after the match, uh, and Judas played after, and Chris Jericho came out, um. And he came out with Sammy Guevara, um, Angela Parker, Ty Conti, Anna Jay, uh, in all red leather. Um, Parker uh, demanded that the AEW Galaxy appreciate them. And this clip sent WWE Twitter into brain worms, not really understanding. They didn't the, the irony. They, yes, they, they did not you know, notice the the joking nature of this. They they saw this and it was like, you'll never be Roman Reigns and uh yeah. they're 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 copying and stealing. I'm like, you don't get the That's you don't the get joke. the show. That's you the joke. You don't get the show. <laughs> <laughs> so um Jericho congratulated Mox on an amazing match and then he put over his his group. Uh then he said Anna Jay called him last week and she wanted an opportunity. And uh Anna Jay then said she's Anna J A S, which I fucking howled. Um thinking about Nikki A S H. I didn't um, even think of that part, but Yes. <laughs> I didn't think of that part. I just thought like the J A S I I laughed at and then like on Rampage, 
when they announced her. It's like it's literally like how it always spelled with like J A Y and then space A dot S dot. And I was like, I just laughed at that because it's like that looks preposterous in spelling. Like it's almost like she has like a like almost like a DMD except it's A S. Yes. T-Mel says, we need Despy out here corrupting the youth more, actually. Um, Retrogram says, Jericho acting like he was about to use his Lionheart theme versus Mox. I'm going to be so mad when he uses Judas. Yes, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, and, uh, cool Hand, or T-Mel says, Cool Hand Ange greater than Roman. Does Roman have a switchblade comb? I didn't think so. Um, after that, Jericho talked about all the brutalization he took um, with the hand at the hands of Eddie. Uh, talked about his broken nose. That shit looked fucked up. Um, and he, you know, had to be cut out of the spider web. Um, but he beat Kingston and then he's going to beat Moxley. And after two and a half years, Le Champion will return. Um, Moxley basically told him to shut the fuck up. He hates him. Um, he's a two time world champion. Fuck that interim shit. Uh, he said he used to look up to Jericho and, you know, everything he got going around him is pathetic. Uh, he said this, uh, the AW World Championship isn't a sports entertainment belt. It's a pro wrestling championship. If Jericho's got the balls, uh, he needs to leave everybody at home. He doesn't want the wizard. He doesn't want all that goofy shit. He wants a guy from the Super J Cup. He wants Lionheart. And the whole crowd, like, kind of, like, pops on that shit. So, like, if Jericho comes out with the Lionheart kick pads next week and then the um, the, the WCW theme music, I'm going to demand that the championship change hands. So if he comes out to the fake Pearl Jam, you you, you yes. pop one you over. Okay. Yes. Who has? Do, do you know who has the rights to that? Does WWF have the I rights mean, to that because of it, uh, it's Turner theme library music? WWE does not have the rights to it because they never played on WWE Network. Okay. Okay. So, so they set up uh, that title match two weeks Quake at the Lake in Minneapolis, so, right? Yes. All right. So what are they going to have for Dante Martin? Do you think he might be injured? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Fuck. Yeah, I think he fucked his knee up, which we'll get to. Okay. <laughs> um, at the commentary desk, they pan over, and Excalibur introduces the new AEW World Trios Championships. It is time. The belts are beautiful. They look like the 1996 WCW Tag Team Championships, but three of them. Um, it was really like a crystallizing moment. Like, oh shit, he's coming. So, Rich, are you ready? To, are you ready to uh, dis- uh, display to the Twitch viewers and listeners of our podcast, like the uh, the Kenny Omega character that you want him to come back as uh, uh, this time around? How are you ready to? Are you ready to like explain it and like show a version of of that? Are you ready, or do, or do you still need to workshop him more? I feel like I need to need to still put it into into play because i okay. i think he's gonna it only works if he's coming back as a heel that's that's all that's the only way well, I, mean, that, well, I mean if that's know. the case you may as well do it now like yeah. can i tell people kind of what the idea is sure like the idea is like it's almost like the redeemer gimmick except except god is dave Meltzer. And, and you know, God, Dave Meltzer has forsaken him and has, cho- has chosen a new favorite uh, to get all his stars, which is Will Ospreay. <laughs> or whoever. <laughs> I, 
the fourth one is lost, right? So, so it'll be like I'll give you an example. So, you know, this stuff you can put it on BTE or whatever. He's yes, like, yes, this is totally for BTE. If this shit, right. if this shit goes on, if this shit goes on AEW television, I will revolt against promotion. But on BTE is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Only BTE. So. I, and, and at first, when Rich was talking about this, I fucking hated the idea of this, and he did an audio, no numerous audio messages, and I could not get out of my mind how fucking hilarious the idea this was and it was like the best thing i would have ever have seen on bte in like the five episodes of bte i've ever watched this shit was fucking hilarious he was like dave you have forsaken me you you were not supposed to give we had the deal i do the work i put on the great matches and you give me the stars but now that i am gone i see that you have given the matches to everybody else <laughs> that was that was he was doing multiple like voice messages like that about like Dave Dave he, Dave Meltzer has forsaken him and he's going to end all the rest of pro wrestling so that nobody else is get any stars except for him like yes. it was fucking ridiculous and absurd and hilarious it's like Dave I see you giving away my stars the stars belong to me <laughs> And you got to do like the you got to do like the voice. Wasn't there some joke about you saying that you that you was that, that, that Kenny Omega wanted to V trigger the sun so there's no more stars or something like that? I was like, like, like he wasn't getting all all stars, and I was like, wait, wait, what? I'm not sure if I remember that one, but maybe, was, I, um, maybe I was just holding him up in the back of my head, thinking like, this is where this is all leading to. He's gonna go that over the top ridiculous, and he's gonna say he's gonna V trigger the sun out of the, out of existence. Yes. My my my. Group group chat has like there's probably like 45 of these messages like I was, yes. there'll be like 20 second clips that they're I'll all just fucking talk. hilarious <laughs> I'm over here sweating laughing oh my god but he's like Dave yeah, I can't even do it <laughs> that's a lot of pressure do it on the spot yeah but. it is but um like if yeah. y'all think this is funny what I'm doing is just like bad copies of what he was doing they're fucking outstanding <sighs> but uh but yeah like we'll 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 get back to it like next week or whatever else uh, as Rich comes up with more material uh, yeah. but yeah uh bro, I, I, was making, bro, I was just making that shit up like off the top of my head then it was it, I don't even know <laughs> yeah but uh if Kenny's coming back you know I'll be very happy um uh, let's let's get this shit popping um so uh, they seen they uh, said the tournament finals uh, will be at all out. So uh, there's one thing um, AW does well as tournaments. So yes. um, that'll eat up some programming and that will definitely like the trios belts, I think pump some more star power, at least on the rampage. You can throw a trio title match on there almost every week if you want. Um, so after that, uh, Dante Martin was backstage. I uh, said Sam Guevara has been spending all his time backing up Jericho and hanging out with Ty Conti to avoid getting in the ring. Uh, he said he brought his backup tonight, Sky Blue, which got no reaction. Um, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but after that, we got um, a promo video for Ricky Starks ahead of his match. Um, then we got Ricky Starks taking on Dan Housen. So uh, the next 20 minutes was like the Ricky Starks. Uh, star, star maker. Starts yeah, making Starks, machine. Yeah, the elevation. Correct. So uh, the rise Starks, of Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks fights Danhausen. Uh, 
about Dan Housen mocks Stark's pose at the beginning. Before that, they played like very similar to um, Adam Page is a year ago, his come out thing when he came out with Dark Order about like the essence of what it means to be a cowboy, right? And it was like the one, you know, one of the, probably the greatest thing they've ever done for his character, explaining to people what his character actually is, supposed to just a mopey asshole that dresses up in chaps. Um, and they more or less did the same thing for Ricky Starks about like what it means to have style, what it means to be, you know, to think that highly yourself, to wear the clothes. It was awesome. He's basically sitting in this almost like this nice house with a nice scenery of like almost like a of like a some of. Of a backdrop of of, of uh, nature, I can't remember what it was, but there's a lot of greenery. It was nice, and he's basically dressing like what he thinks a rock would dress as if he wanted to dress like Walt Frazier. Like Walt Frazier is set not out of his mind uh, on seventies drugs, and he he looked he, you know he was sitting there and he looked nice, and uh, while this person is you know talking narrating it in the backdrop, and then he has the match with Dan Housen. So I just wanted to point out because it was a nice it was a nice piece. Yeah, um, it was kind of um, reflective of some of those videos that he produced himself uh, before he was in AW, which were eye catching. So um, from there, um, he has the match with Dan Housen, ends up uh, hitting the spear. Basically, they do it like a near fall before that, but he beats Dan Housen, gets him out of there after the match. He calls out another challenger, does his given from last week. And then the lights went out and Hook came out and his crowd lost their fucking shit. So Hook, Hook comes on dynamite. out. Yep. <clears throat> Hook comes out all orange on uh and it feels like a big moment. Uh it, and it, it Hook, felt Hook like is, a Del, it felt like the Del Rio Ziggler cash in. Like it was like I don't know what's going to happen. Hook and Ricky Starks haven't been on screen together in quite a while, but nobody forgot. And uh Taz on commentary. Um, they have a short uh, little match and, uh, you know, rookie kind of manhandles hook a little bit um, and, you know, gave him some strikes, suplex, but hook, you know, got a little bit of his stuff and flipped out of the hip toss. He likes doing that move. And, uh, but Starks gave him a spear. He was going to give him the Rochambeau, but hook uh, flips it into uh, the red drum and got to tap out on Starks crowd goes fucking ape shit. Um, Hook is the FTW champion. Taz on commentary, sounding like this is the proudest moment of his life. There's an awesome video that uh, was caught is that they put it out on Twitter. Uh, Hook or Taz basically talking about Hook and Hook standing right next to him and putting him over huge. Like that shit was like, yo, Taz shouldn't be emotional like this, but this was great. Um, he held it but, together very well on air. Yeah. And um, from there, uh, they go to commercial. They come back. Ricky Stark's still in the ring. Uh, he also um, fist bumps Hook, so he puts Hook over, kind of like, kind of gives him the sign of respect, ain't no beef or whatever. And after that, Starks is in the ring, he's dejected, and Hobbs is out there, and immediately my wheels are like spinning. I'm like, is this it? Like that's why I started thinking. You know, I was I I, I kind of sense I I kind of figured something was going on here. Uh, I was tipped off a little while back, but. Um, they basically showed uh, uh it was Starks. Shivani interviewing him and asking for his reaction after after his loss and you know, wishing you know, when they have like uh Joe Rogan do that to like UFC fighters that get knocked out and you're like, Why the hell are you doing this? But the, in wrestling it works. And yeah. uh Ricky Starks was like, you know, when I first got the F F uh F T W 
um, championship, people th- uh, thought that like I was done for, and I in that like, and like I could, and I was just done, and he like said, I made he I, said I, some I, line. Yeah, I got a line. I remember oh, okay. line. He's like, he's like, people thought it was a noose, and he said, and I, I bust my ass, and I made this thing relevant, and I turned that I turned that noose into a tie. And um, that sounded like he workshopped that line directly from Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I, he workshopped it with somebody, but whatever. Uh, I mean, look, fight like eight year old girl was workshop too, but that's fine. Uh, this this is great, and he talked about how like you know I I I strive for so much more than just this. I feel like I haven't been given the opportunity, and I just want to come out here and show people that like I am a star and I believe in myself, and I think that I'm great. And like he did it in a babyface way, not like in a noxious jerk way. Um, and like the crowd got behind it, crowd ate it, crowd loved it. Yeah, and it was very much like this is clearly a dude that has worked uh, NWA. Like he's clearly like leaning into the mic, like he's basically like up at the desk, right? Like like he's at the uh, the JCP desk or whatever, or, or you know, on the stage on like, one of the sound stages or whatever. So he's clearly like leaning over into the mic while Shivani is basically being a mic stand, and it's like this was this. He's been built whatever how long he's been you know building towards this. Like he's the person that's had the time to do this and the opportunity to do it in that way, and it was great. And like he says that the crowd loses it for him, and like he's he's turned he just turned babyface, right? Like he's not bitter towards Hook or none of that. He's just saying like, you know, I was I was given this dead end gimmick. I've made it something. I made myself relevant. I've been giving myself t- over in TV time. All this stuff. People like me. Now it's time for me to like you know tell you know kind of express it. Like I'm I'm turning babyface now. This kind of thing. And then immediately after he, that happens, night before he got a chance to finish it. Like bro, all I saw was like a clobber. Also was like. A big black arm j- just like covering up the camera, just just, just completely clubbing him. Um, Hobbs, I've, I mentioned, has one of the greatest facials in pro wrestling. Yes. Fans over him. The camera's panning up. He looks 60 feet tall. Everyone's shocked. No one sees this coming. This was how you do a turn. Uh, this was just like <sighs> phenomenal. Um, Hobbs is Hobbs is anti boing boing factory. <laughs> yes, 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 he is. Um, oh but yeah, God. so like Team Taz is, you know, we'll get the answer on, on, on what's what's going on with that. So um, I, I assume Hobbs is in action this week. So we'll see where that leads. But um, this was the Ricky Starks segment of the show. Yeah. It was awesome. It was. Um, I don't like. I don't regard him as like a, a top tier worker like that. So it'd be interesting if, if like they take him off the leash and let it say, Hey, go get yourself over to another level. But people are all in on him yeah. seemingly without that. I feel like. Yeah. And for me, I, I just think the, the standard is very high personally. It, so it, like, it, I, is, but, it is, but like, that's not all what American pro wrestling is. Right. I mean, to be fair, that's not really what all of, you know, Japanese pro wrestling is either. But, you know, the guys are so highly skilled that it's it's, it's almost like you could say that anybody could be there at a, at a certain level. But um, technically, technically foundationally skilled. But uh, I agree with you. Like, I remember the match he had a few months ago when Jay Lethal first came in. It was him and Lethal. It was like, I mean, you tell me who's a better wrestler. They're not even on the same. They're not even the same cl- class. Right. Lethal is better than him. And, but that doesn't matter. They got the, the people have them. So, or uh, he has the people. So, like, you know, whether it's Cody, whether it's Moxley, whether uh, it's Kingston, and you know what I mean? Kingston and Moxley have had great years, but just you got to, they are able to turn that and make that work for them. And it was able, in the same way that Cody was able to make that work for him um, 
you know, in the last, what, five years, whatever else. Like, so, you know, he's talented enough to be able to get to give it a go on that kind of level. Um, so, you know, whatever, like it's going to work because he can talk himself <laughs> he can talk himself out of a lot of his situations. He's that good of a talker and has that kind of charisma. Um, yeah, like AEW is the place where this could work. Like if this were WWE, even with new management, like if this, like if this was, if this was him doing things he's been doing, and this was NXT, I don't know if I don't know. Maybe he does become NXT champion. He definitely would have been, been uh, North American champion. But um, I don't mean because the black, because they just put black people that that sprout. I just mean like that kind of level of talent. Like the same thing as like um, Adam Cole was, where it's like, or a Velveteen or a uh, Escobar, where just like. If you are that level of charisma and that level of talker, they will get you a belt and they will get you a, a set of goons to protect that belt, said belt, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like I think he's gonna be successful. I think I think a lot of it is I think he has to be successful in a way where it's like he has a program with Hobbs, and then from there he needs to start facing you know Hills kind of on his level. Um, and there, there's I'm plenty, telling you, the, there's plenty the, on the, his level. I think I think AEW is lacking at the top top level heels right now. But look, where he is right the, now, where he fits in the babyface pecking order. There's plenty of heels from the face. The feud is Ricky Starks versus Sammy Guevara. That is the feud. I'm calling it now. They're good friends in real life. They're both from Texas. They've wrestled each other for years. Sammy is a heel. Ricky Starks is babyface. That will be like uh, we always talk about the Rock versus Triple H in like SummerSlam or the summer of '98. That's what the fuck this would be. Um, this would be young guys, relatively young guys, um, trying to, to up each other's game, outdo each other to try to get to the next level. Like that's that's the one. Um, so, I mean, there's also MJF too, but MJF Starks would be have to be graduating to that level whenever MJF returns. So um, up next, speaking of Sammy, we had Sammy Guevara versus Dante Martin, RLPW style. Um, had the ladies outside, Ty Conti and uh, uh, Sky Blue. They did a lot of uh, athletic stuff, wrestled to a stalemate, uh, fought to the it ramp. Was a, it was a lot of Dante doing Sammy stuff as well or better than Sammy does and Sammy getting pissed because obviously like that was the story. Yeah. Um, they were... They was going all out almost. Um, <laughs> so they were, uh, you know, doing inverted suplex, Spanish flies. Uh, there was like full Nelson bomb. Uh, there was like a dive into like a big cutter. Um, just, just, a, you know, ROPW can't, can't recommend it enough. So, um, it doesn't matter. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, but it doesn't matter. But, uh, what I will say is this. Um, the way that they had uh, for protection Sky Blue as like ins- an insurance policy in-, in case of like Conti's like cheating, potential to cheat, and then she did nothing. Like she was just kind of there and she she was kind of like uh, she was in every camera shot, but like she was just there. And it was like what are they doing with her? Like, what, what, what was the purpose of this exactly? Like, what was the placement purpose? Like, was it just like, just find any, just find anybody, just be there out there just cause. And I don't think, I don't recall if Ty interfered well, or not. Or well, yeah, or like not. she was there essentially to set up the post-match angle. Um, okay. 
<clears throat> so Dante kind of tweaks his knee at the end of this match, and he get I think he's legitimately hurt. Like that's mm-hmm. what they were saying after the show. Um, but Sammy ended up getting the win with the uh, go to hell, and um, he was going to give him the six thirty, but then. Uh, Sky Blue got in the ring, was like, hey, man, like, let it go. And then Anna Jay ran out. Uh, Anna Jay and Ty Conti whooped her ass and jumped her. After that, Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, Ruby Soho ran out to chase uh, Sammy and uh, the rest of them away. So um, like it was like the, the return the of Eddie. Alley, right? Or not yeah. the alley, but up, like the out of the arena. Um, Eddie Kingston shows up. Everyone goes crazy. It's almost like he's still over. Well, we knew he'd still be over, but you know, if you have PTSD from other more from other promotions fucking you, you're just like, it, you're just like, oh god, you can start expecting the worst when someone loses, and you know, I think there are better ways to get a title shot for Chris Jericho than to beat the dude that like he had just put over, but you know, it's not the end of the world as you mentioned. So Daniel Garcia was backstage to ask him about uh, his match against Brian Danielson. This whole thing has been billed as the comeback of uh, Danielson and his comeback match. And he said, Brian's been gone for months. He's going to send him back on vacation with his family again. They'll call Garcia the best technical sports entertainer in the world. As I mentioned, this guy is so fucking entertaining, um, you know, on his own. Like he's really growing into uh, himself and he We'll get to it when the the match uh, comes for him. But he spawned a lot of discourse. There's always something that spawns a lot of discourse. This week it was Daniel Garcia. So um, after that, Lethal, Dutt, and Singh were backstage. Uh, Lethal complained about his match with Joe, but then uh, turned his attention to best friends uh, who happened to be like kind of to the right. Uh, uh, Dutt then challenged him to like a three-on-three match for Rampage. and He got uh, goaded into it. Yes. <laughs> And then the second after he made the challenge, he was like, fuck, I should have done that. That's stupid. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so after that, we then saw a man that had a flamethrower coming to the ring. Uh, and I'm talking about the Jungle Boy. Um, the Jungle Boy came back out after, uh, and we wanted to hear from him. He came out, and uh, he came out with Luchasaurus. So um, he basically uh, said, <laughs> considered uh uh, Shivani's question he said, Christian Cage, you're the biggest pussy I've ever met in my entire life. And the crowd like goes nuts. They give Jungle Boy the handbook of, of go curse and uh, yes. it's, and say very derogatory things. And yes. he executed it to a T. Yes. The, 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 Roman, crazy. the, the Roman Reigns WrestleMania 34 uh, book where it's like, just, just go out there and call Brock a bitch as many times as he can. Yeah. Um, I think this worked a lot better for the Jungle Boy, though. <laughs> I remember, I remember one week I got furious because like you could tell that's what they were doing because every time like every promo that Roman had during that time he called him he called Brock a bitch and then like one episode like they brought Heyman out and Heyman said said bitch like five times in a row and it was like you know they have they you know they're doing that so you know that they're having Roman call this man a bitch later in the show or like in the same segment later and you just basically killed all of the heat that word bitch has and sure enough. Roman went out there and he said, bitch, at the end of the crowd, like, yeah, yeah, Heyman just said that five times. And I was like, that, you're such an asshole, Heyman. I thought, you, and you know better than this. So you know you did this shit on purpose. But yeah, back to, back to, uh, 2022. Um, um 
T-Message, Jungle Boy said that opening line with his whole chest. Yes, it, it was eerily similar. I hit him up like the first line. So he said, Christian Cage, you were the biggest pussy I ever, ever met. Then he dropped like the rest of the knowledge on him. Um, he said he, at first he didn't get why Christian was so bitter. It was just a one-match bonus from a battle royal. Uh, but then he remembered that Christian was strapped for cash because his wife divorced him. Basically called this man broke. Yeah, and said you know he he was he holding on left him because he probably had a small dick, and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, he said you know Christian needed someone to protect him, so he found a monster, but that monster is Jungle Boy's best friend. Uh, yeah, he, he has a small dick, all that. Um, he's only being protected uh, for Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy wants to be the first one to, to get hands on him. Jungle Boy can take anything Christian can dish out. Uh, you know, he started talking about burying his father three years ago, but after that, Christian interrupted. Uh, he said he saw the Luchasaurus over the past couple of weeks, uh, how Christian could lead him, but instead of being Jungle Boy's lap dog, you know, you should have been with me, essentially. He said he'll put Jungle Boy in a body bag. Jungle Boy won't have to worry about Christian insulting his dead father because he can cozy up right uh, next to him. Yes. Um, and then he said, you told me all your secrets. <laughs> Excuse me. And now I'm going to prey on your weakness. Um, this was an excellent segment. This was what I think a lot of people were looking for out of Jungle Boy. Um, I, this is I was better very than happy. anybody could have expected out of Jungle Boy. The nigga don't talk, yeah. right? He, yeah. He's gotten thus far without it. You know how that is. If you, when it is with anybody, if you don't see a certain skill set, you assume that tool that that particular club is not in that bag. And maybe it isn't. Maybe he was sitting there practicing this promo his whole entire time he's been gone. It don't matter because he went out there and he said that shit. And you I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. This is. I was Don not DeMarco. expecting this, but this was great. That's not what this was. I don't know if he can come out here and cut a promo next week uh, as well. He ain't got to. He. You should be asked to. After you do that, what's topping that? <laughs> what's topping yes. that? Uh, Brew Haven says uh, Christian power washes Edge so much. Um, <laughs> yes, and while Edge comes back as a member of the Brood again, which we'll get to later. Um, Thomas Joe says, Jungle Boy, you claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. Like, yeah, yeah. it's It was a lot of that energy in there. So very excited uh, whenever they get to Christian versus Jungle Boy. Uh, all out. I got it circled. So Bucks were backstage. Said they didn't want to do the color cam, but uh, color wanted to be the trio's champs with them because, you know, the Bucks were going to need a, a partner. He pitched himself. Um Hangman then showed up. They ran to him, and the Bucks kind of awkwardly wished him a happy birthday. Uh, he wished Nick a happy birthday as well. Uh, Matt was going to turn around and try to talk things out with Paige, but here came the Dark Order. Uh, they were also wishing Hangman a happy birthday. Uh, John's over, overly excited. Um, Uno, like, perceived, like, you know, like, thought something was about to go down, but, you know, he cut it off. And the Bucks said, oh, it's cool. We'll, we'll catch up with him whenever and walked off. So there's a lot of moving parts here. So there's a Bucks hangman reconciliation there. Trio's belts. Kenny's on, on the horizon. They announced that the whole Undisputed Elite's here next week. So what the fuck is about to happen, James? You're asking me as if you as if you know, as if you think I already know what's going to happen or you, you want me to, to speculate? Um. Which whatever, however you oh, you want it, sir. Like th- like two box for courses. I, I think that um, 
I think that this is another one of those times where, like, they're star-crossed lovers, if you will, where it's like the Young Bucks and and Adam Page at this point want to make amends with each other, but because they're millennials and they're socially awkward and they can't talk to each other like normal human beings, they overcomplicate things and don't want to be the first person to say, I'm sorry, or whatever else. So it's all this awkwardness as opposed to, like, if you're around each other for more than five minutes, awkwardness will just be gone because you'll remember how you used to talk to each other, your relationship. Like, you ever had one of those phone conversations with somebody you haven't talked to in a while, and you're like, I don't know how, how to talk to this person more, and then after, after like, two, a few minutes pass, you're like, oh, it's like riding a bike. My bad. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh... What's, what I think is going to happen is like they're going to get themselves up to they're going to one of one side or both sides at the same time is going to strike up the, ner- the the nerve to then say hey man like let's just squash all the shit let's just get over it you know all the you know the cu- last you know couple years of nonsense we've had with each other let's just squash it and like right in that moment before it happens Kenny Omega's going to show up and like it's gonna be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks as a, as a trios team and Hangman will have to so, will have to look sad and then go be friends with his act with his other friends that actually are still his friends today and they're gonna and they're gonna, gonna be Silver and Reynolds or Silver and Uno ver, uh, in with Adam Page in the trios uh, tournament yeah I think that's what's gonna happen and then like whether it's a year from now or two years whatever else all all of the elite will get fr- will be friends together and and the story will be complete. Of the most drawn out, of the most drawn out melodramatic story of all time that doesn't involve Sam Nakano. <laughs> so, so yeah, like that's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. Man. That's how I see how that's happening. I really haven't thought about what's gonna happen. Um, yeah. I I normally kind of just let these these dudes do their thing, but if I had to speculate, that's what I'm. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think like if they don't if they do something different, I'm not gonna be like they should have done my booking. No, but I, I'm just thinking like just looking at how this is setting up. It seems like those were ahead. Um, I feel like Kenny still has to address like the elephant in the room. Like, has Kenny watched the tape of the match? Like, has he watched Matt Jackson give Hangman the signal? Like, finish him off. And what, like, was he gonna be like? Yeah, man, this is really fucked up. Like, in the middle of a sanctioned bout, like you, you didn't get you involved. Fuck me. <laughs> what? You, fuck me. You, you turned on me. You know? I mean, if, if that's what he wants to do, fine. So, what I will say is like, if if they. If they bring back Kenny Omega, they don't do Young Bucks and Kenny Omega as a trio. As a trio, it's like I'm, I'm gonna hate it. I'm, I'm gonna hate it. A lot like, of what, people what are the wanting doing Hangman. If you're not gonna put those three together, a lot of people are wanting Hangman in the Bucks. I'm sorry, I want Kenny in the Bucks. Um, just for Look, just man, for the history I, I, of it. I mean, co- sure, but like I kind of want these belts to draw. So like, <laughs> so I want Kenny Omega with the Young Bucks. Fuck out of here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think they'd have a problem drawing with Hangman, but um, I think you you could not main, there is no possibility you could sell a main event uh, with with those belts if if he's in there. I don't think so. A pay per view. I don't think you can sell a main event pay per view with, with that. With that, I don't. I mean, I mean, I think he's main evented several pay per views, and Hangman and the Young Bucks would be just fine. Like. As far as especially like depending on who their opponents are, we already know they're going to give us the level of wrestling and downplaying Hangman. And I feel like that's downplaying Hangman star power as well as the Bucks. Um, like, no, uh, what I'm downplaying is is Bobby is Bobby Fish's uh, drawing ability because like you need all you need all the you need all you know Spirit Bomb. You need need I need all all the most powerful people's power to make that shit work. And they want to do Undisputed versus Young Bucks in. Another elite person, you pick Kenny Omega. 
Well, somebody got to get pinned. So, I mean, Bobby Fish can, you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah. He'll, no, he'll, <laughs> be, no, he'll be the one that gets pinned. But, like, if he's going to be in the match, you need, like, another – you need a uh, – a, uh, a fifth person that's going to help or a fourth or fifth person is going to make that shit super tight. And we are like, all right, put that in the main segment event that will draw and have all the intrigue or whatever else. Like Adam page, like uh, let's do this way. Right. If you do Kenny Omega, right. If, if Kenny Omega is not in it, who do you put him in the trios tournament to catch the animals? Uh, if Kenny Omega's not in it, I put the if Bucks he's not, with Hangman. If he's not in it with the young bucks, if he's in it with someone else, what's the, what's the, what's the makeshift team you're going to give Kenny Omega? The devil in <laughs> How do I shut this shit down? How do I turn this shit? I'm about to press stop on this fucking recording right goddamn now. What time is it? 10:30. I don't. Nah, man, we gave we gave them a um what time? We gave them a good hour and 8 minutes. Like, well, I I'll, t- I'll come back now. I'll come back on Thursday to talk about uh the five-star grand P. I can't do this with this man no more. I can't work with this man no more. No, nah, um, I don't know who they give him. I guess you know, I, I, I maybe maybe calls him Takesha, maybe something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, interesting way. We'll we'll see which way it goes. I hear EO and Bianca went two minutes and it ended in DQ. So um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, after that, we got a one on two handicap match. Swerve Strickland and he took on Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Uh, Swerve basically fought off both guys uh, at the start, uh, but then there was a distraction from Sterling, kind of allowed Nice to take control a little bit. Um, Sterling uh, accidentally got tagged in, but you know he was uh, running away. Swerve beat down Nice. Swerve got on, got Sterling back into the ring, hit him with the uh, thrust kick for the win. And this was short. Um, I usually like Swerve and Nice together. You're putting Mark Sterling in there to set up a program, which is exactly what happens. So Keith Lee's watching this whole thing. Um, they weren't the, trying to have a super match or even a great match. They were trying to get up a Swerve. Yeah. Fun. They um, have Lee back backstage. They cut back to Keith Lee. He's out. And Josh Woods is standing over him, who was a wrestler from Ring of Honor before. Uh, and it looks like he and Tony Nese are affiliated and they'll be the first people that are feuding kind of with Swerve and Lee. So this will probably be, you know, a get one, uh, get one, get, get a nice defense against these guys on TV at some point before they start rolling into what I would assume would be their program for all out. So, um, yeah. So uh, just want to double back real quick. Uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, let me double back real quick. So I just see in the, in the comments, it says Dynamite turned into a five-minute rom-com uh, there, and it was great talking about the Young Bucks and Adam Page. And, like, that's the thing, right? When I when when I saw it, like, the first thing I thought about was, like, I forgot what season it was. Basically, like, the this, this season where Monica and Chandler get married and friends and, like, Rachel's pregnant and, like, Rachel... I know, Rich, you don't know none of this shit, but I'm basically explaining nope. to the people that understand. Like, basically, like, Rachel... And Ross have been through it, been together, been broken up, teased all these times they only get back together, and now she's pregnant by Ross. Have they had a you know a hookup at some point? And like there was an episode where like Ross uh, talks to her like after her I think first trip to the doctor or something, and talking about like and she's having like pregnancy hunger or whatever else, and explains to her like what it's like to you know have a have a child for the first time and how much you love it and when it grabs your finger on I guess stuff and like 
you know, what it does to you and like, you know, any any person you've ever dated, it, it won't even matter to you. And like at that moment, like she sees like, wow, like, you know, I had this fling with this dude that's like the love of my life, but I was angry and broke up because she don't mean whatever else. But like, I'm about to give this another shot. And then like he walked away because she wanted to go do something. And then she turned her, she changed, she had that thought all of her mind and she goes to like the coffee shop where he, where they were just out, outside the coffee shop door. And as this is happening, she basically going to say to him, like, I want to get this shit another shot between us. And at that mm-hmm. moment inside the coffee shop is this woman that, uh, Ross ran into at, uh, Monica and Chandler's wedding. And then like, he, he she sees that and she's like, Nope. Time got fucked up again by five seconds. I missed out. Guess we're gonna guess we're gonna have to get back together three years later or some shit. And I was like, this is exactly what this this is exactly what this shit was. It was like these are star-crossed lovers, and people are just gonna be hoping that they get back together eventually one of these days. And like, look, man, I already got one of these on my shit. I already got one of these like uh, in my wrestling brain, like for Tam and Mayu to get back together. So like, I I don't really have much like I don't have a, I don't have as much for, for my heart to can take it towards two more of these. I just don't, and I don't feel for Hangman in that way. So I'm sorry for those that, that do and are caught up in the in the the drama of this. I understand it. I get it. I just don't have the room in my heart for this. It's already I'm already occupied. Already occupied. Sorry, I'm sorry. I do get it though. I do get it. I do get it. I appreciate it, but just for me, I I'm just uh, uh. sorry. So, so we got um, Malachi Black addressing Miro, uh, trying to recruit him to the House of Black. Uh, Brody King said he had tagged Darby Allen because he can. He said he wants Darby in a coffin match at some point. So, um, is that next week? It is not booked uh, this week, so I don't. Okay. I don't know if it's further down the road. I thought they originally said something about it being booked like the next week, but uh, it's not on the sheet. So, okay. Um, World Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa defending against Miyu Yamashita. So this match was not as good as their first one. There no. were some awkward moments in it. Yes. There was like some miscommunication. I thought they would have a better match, but yeah. this was okay. This wasn't yeah. like. Uh, like it's not like the cage match where people are giving it like fives and fours and shit, but like it was just a good people match. People are over dramatic yes, about Thunder Rosa right yeah. now. Like, yeah, and also they're in there like it's a lot of the subsect of Joshi fans that's, that it, like their greatest fear is that like someone that they like will be popular. No, 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 not even that. Like somebody that they think of at a certain level will have a match that's not bef- that is quote unquote beneath the standard of what they think this person is because apparently it can do no wrong, and then like they will just revert an attack so like for example like if i don't know if uh if utami were to come up well somebody they love because uh, a lot of people think she's boring <laughs> idiots uh if if uh if starlight kid came over here right and she had some three and a quarter star match uh or three star match in um on a on a aw show in laws people would blow their stacks or whatever else. And it's like, it's fine. You've seen her have three-star matches before. Maybe not in the big spot or whatever else, but like, it is what it is, right? And like, but this match, it was like, there was awkwardness on the apron when they were going from some spot on the apron and like, uh, Miu's foot kept sliding off on the on the apron skirt and it, it happened like three times in a row before they finally did the move. I don't even remember what the move was, but 
Yeah, like it was just, it was an awkward. It had awkward moments, which is weird because they did not have those kind of issues in Japan. Um, in their match at uh summer or summer sun princess, but whatever. That shit was excellent. Like, yeah, it, it was a bad night. Whatever, it happens. Um, this does it stink because like, uh, does it stink because like for me, you the thing that's going to get her over if she ever does it for American crowd is like a, a better a, a really good ass match. Yes, like she's not someone like Maki Ito or someone like Yuka that can get over with just infectious. Like joy and personality, she's not. That's not how she's built. She's built by coming out here and kicking people's skulls and and kneeing people's skulls off. It didn't happen in that way. Um, but whatever. Like, I mean, it's not like we're getting that many matches that will get exist on the AEW Women's Division that often anyway. So, like, for people that are upset about it, I think she'll be back, and we can rectify that at some point. I imagine it's not the end of the world, but people acted like it was. Yeah, I, I thought they were they were going a little hard on it. Uh, I thought that there was a spot where she was going to give her like that, like Robinson special style kick. Um, but uh, she was like telling Rosa to get down and catch it. But uh, this did not go over well um, yeah. throughout the whole week. And um, I hope that Miu is able to come back. She seemed to have a lot of fun. She did some like post match uh, promos about it um, backstage with Emi Sakura. Um, and, you know, I thought it was really cool to have Miu on in front of a really big audience. I think a lot of people were losing sight of that, uh, as well as like, you know, the home and home trade that they just did. Like, right. they just did a program with like another company where. They did business in Japan, and then that person came back over and gave it back. And there was no like bullshit on people not wanting to lose, and right. uh, like there was no like um, no, there was no bad politics to come out of this, right? Except, and they both got you know, their they both got pin cleaned in the middle. Um, and you know, while the match is going on, like everyone loves Thunder. Um, in AEW and every or not everyone, but a lot of people love Thunder in, in AEW and a lot of people love Miyu in in Tokyo Doji Pro shows and like even while that being said, like Thunder Rosa at Summer Sun Princess, like she got her she got her own cheers and she got you know her streamers and people remember her from when she was you know the international princess champion in 2020, right? And the same thing happened here, like she, Miyu came out and she had her own. Not nearly as big as uh, Thunder, but she had her dueling chance of Miyu and and, and Rosa, which is, uh, gotta say, that should be considered a success given like the size of Tokyo Doshi Pro. So right. you know, people that like it's in the world, and I, I see uh, Zeku, uh, Zeku Maki pointing out like uh, I was thinking of names and I mentioned all I can. If if, if I, he mentioned Mayu, like I, I think people will be chilling the Mayu thing because like we saw her having to work Kelly Klein. So I was like, oh, okay, we've seen her <laughs> matches before. Or, or, okay, or just mediocre matches before. So, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, but yeah, like, on a bigger stage, yeah, I, I guess so. But, yeah, um, yeah, like, people got to just, like, let that shit go. Like, we know this, like, you know the standard and level of their wrestling is not as high. You know that, like, they're not going to get, I don't know, 17 minutes to go do their thing on national television. That's unrealistic to expect. For somebody that's absolutely someone that's also like, they weren't gonna like drop it in the main event slot. I saw a lot of people clamoring for for this to you know main event over Brian Danielson. And it's like what? Like my my, my first question is like a person for, that is main evented not one but two WrestleManias over a person that <laughs> over a person that didn't main event summers uh, that didn't main event uh, a show with fifteen thousand people in it. 
Or sorry, let me phrase it. 1,700 people in it. Let, and, let's, we're in Japan. And not also, America, in Japan. Like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Like, How is this just even a discussion? Crying, just crying forever about the 930, 926 thing. And it's like, do you walk away from the television at that time or something? Like, do you are you not able to, to watch the match? Oh, you still are. Got you. Maybe um, they think it's like a Pavlovian thing to where, like, if they put these matches that are not that good at this time right before the main event, then people then believe that that's the time to not watch it. And therefore, it uh, becomes like a... Uh, a self a self fulfilling pro- prophecy or something I don't know but I'm with you like I notice that it's always I notice that it's always at a time but it doesn't mean like I'm less enthused to see the match when it comes on because it's at that dreaded nine twenty time slot I, it doesn't happen with me yeah I, and, and I, I, yeah, I think- I'm with you. It's like, all right, if the numbers went down, like, I'm sure it's not the time slot because I've seen people pop quarter hours in that time slot. Like last year, the whole elite hangman page program, a lot of that was taking place in quarter seven last year. Like, and that's like the most successful television program in the history of the company. So it's just like they're not over to that level. And, you know, the the AW women's discourse always reaches kind of a funny place where with grifters and with people that have decided to make this a cause either that don't care for the the women that think they suck Uh, there's a lot of different like angles on this thing the one thing that i can say um is support the wrestlers for one and it's like i don't know what some of the some of the complaints are I don't know if they're designed with solutions in mind. So, so that's my, that's that's my thing. So like, if I'm going to tell you something sucks, right. And I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to be like, this is why it sucks. This is what, what's really happening. And I'm like, well, you look at the rest of this show who like, we've, we've talked about this stuff before. It's like, like, who are you taking off? Who are you making room for? And, Ultimately, it's a competitive business that I don't think they have to necessarily um, sacrifice extra quarter hours for to something that is seemingly losing uh, viewers. And also, they're trying to get the TV deal popping. Like, they're not operating from a place where the money is already secured, so you can just sacrifice every quarter hour uh, under the sun. I know people might not want to hear that, but it's the truth. So, um, and, you know... People want to point across, well, well, WWE did this. I'm like, well, WWE had all that stuff secured. Like, they were able to waste all those hours on Charlotte, on Sasha, on Becky, on whoever. And they I may think, have. I, I get what you mean, but I think waste is, waste is a bit harsh of a word. Uh, yeah. They were able to sacrifice tour. these hours in investing in them, right? All right. Should I say like that? Like, yeah, they, they that sacrificed a lot of wasted. hours. That sounds a lot yeah. better than wasted. <laughs> they sacrificed a lot of hours investing in them, and they may have gotten two people that are consistent, like quarter hour draws out of it over over all these years. So, like, I I, I don't know what the, what the realistic expectation is here, but you know, get yeah, your stopwatches ready. I guess if it help yeah. help you feel better. Yeah, I, I um. Yeah, I I really don't have much to say. We've talked about it to death over the years with AEW. It's like, look, do they have a strong women's division? Not really. Do they have some talent there that I think could do that could uh, be foundational blocks? Yes. Um, 
do I think they'll be able to get through all that stuff with the limited amount of time that they put on their show is doubtful. Um, so, you know, I just, that's just the math. Like my math on it is like, are they, are they likely to succeed and make this thing, you know, over the long time, over the long term, um, be some, you know, be a big deal, um, or significant deal of the programming compared to like, uh, you know, like when, whenever like Brit's not on or compared when Brit's on compared to when Brit's not on, probably not. Um, but whatever, like, I, I mean, what well, Jade also include, be including this map too. Jade and Jade and, um, Brit. Um, but yeah, like that's where we are. It ain't gonna change. Like, I don't really think it's the end of the world. I don't really think it's like some dereliction of duty on behalf of the Booker Tony Khan. Uh, I just think that, like, this is one thing he's not good at so far, right? And, like, there's no thing as a perfect booker. And, like, so that's that's what it is. Do I wish it was better? Absolutely. Um, but that's where we are in, like, if people, like, in the criticism is fair um, in, in a lot of aspects. The one about, like, what the time slide is where it happens Outside of the, the the Pavlovian thing, I don't really think so. But it's like, we haven't just seen them stuck there all the time. We've seen them in different times. We've seen them, you know, we've seen a main event once or twice. We've seen them um, in the first hour a few times before. But we normally see them in that, that you know, 9.30ish, 9.20 range. But I don't think... I, I think that when people talk about like the ratings pattern of it, where it it falls, there is like it falls because that's like the ratings pattern of all TV shows that are two hours. Like it's gonna like AEW the only books where it's like they front load the first sh- the first hour of the shows, and then they have a decent. They normally have a, a main event worth watching, and a lot of times like you, they, it drops after the f- first hour, and then it picks up. For the main event, if they have a good main event, sometimes the main event's not good enough and the shit never rebounds. Period. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know. So, Zach Maki says Tony isn't good at booking the women's division because mainly the things he looked up to growing up is WWF, WCW, and ECW. They didn't have a women's division or it was trash. I mean, I think maybe, at this, I, I disagree maybe, with that because you can, you can just maybe. apply what, what, whatever to whatever situation like right to the people right working working back there with him he's obviously working with them he's also turned around like two people that have become stars so that shows me does know what he's doing like to a certain extent um i think that it comes down to them stepping up and executing and then like getting the opportunity but like i said getting the opportunity is going to be very tough with this loaded ass roster. Like we're looking at one of the most talented rosters in the history of pro wrestling. And we're, we're talking about uh, a disappointing G one happening right now. Right. The matches that were on to uh, tonight, the, the opener and the close, those were the G one matches. Right. And then <laughs> we have Thunder Rosa and Miu and no shame to them for, for going out there and not having their best night. Right. But where if we swap them out, we throw two other women in there. And it's like, can we consistently expect the pairing like from the women's division to match what the men are putting out? 
And we saw this at AW Revolution when the two women's matches came on and it just did not hold up with the rest of the card. And it's like, there has to be some truth telling here. Like at some point people have to have to not run from this. Like, yo, (laughs) it is what it is. Like, like someone's got to step up or step aside as, as John Cena would say. So, um, like, yeah. So from there, um, we got Daniel Garcia taking on Brian Danielson, the main event. I had mixed feelings about this match, um, because I, I got taken out of it. Like, through some of the um I, I well first before that i thought the work was excellent throughout it aside from the stuff i didn't like um i like the fact that daniel garcia got a win here uh over danielson they uh took the route of you know protecting him to an extent which you know is whatever like i think he was protected enough from the fake concussions and shit like that but um it was kind of like you know in Jap- Japanese booking, someone's injured, big first match back, lose. Of course, that's a foreign concept to, you know, <laughs> some people um, who, who've only watched certain promotions. Or, or or don't watch sports at all. Like, like what, do, what, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, he got cleared by a doctor. Of course, that means that he's 100% where he used to be before the injury happened. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, would never, we would never put a pro athlete... Like back onto the onto the playing field, like not exactly like uh, at the same level they were before they left off. That never happens. Oh no! <laughs> you what? know, Kevin Durant twenty nineteen finals never happened. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even uh, think. I wouldn't even think about that. Just like, do y'all not watch football? Do you think? Do you think these people like? You think these people are a hundred percent when they go out here? You know, they miss a few weeks and then they come back out. Do you think that? No, you or you you do. You think they're like what what they were before they went in the spring train or not spring training, but went into uh into uh uh oh my god, what is the word mini camp? Really, really okay. So um, from there, um, Garcia, basically Garcia and Danielson have a really hard hitting match. At some point, Danielson starts selling like he has a concussion and all that, and I immediately spot it, and I'm like. Yep. Fuck this. Like I and it's not I'm not safety policing this or anything like that. I'm not bothered that he or sickened that he tried to do this in pro wrestling. I just this thought is, it was this is you want to see out of Daniel sucked. This is the only you see out of Brian Danson. You want to see him get up and you want to see him get up and fight. You don't want to see him like just sell forever. Like yeah. that. And then like they, they do that whole thing, and then he does the DDT to the floor on the outside of the ring. Daniel Garcia being a fan of Bill Watts ripping up the mat. Straight concrete out there. DDT's on concrete for the commercial break, right? <laughs> and I see this, and I'm immediately Jake the Snake, Ricky Steamboat, thinking like, yeah, Steamboat wasn't seen for months after this. Brian's back up fighting immediately, and I'm just like, fuck this. Like, I like, like, I don't have to like, just because it's Brian Danielson, like, I don't have to just sit there and watch that and be like, it was great. Like, no, like, I thought this didn't make sense. I thought this was like. I thought a lesser wrestler or a lesser, um, uh, a lesser uh, statured wrestler would be ripped to shreds for doing this. Uh, they would be told they didn't know how to work. They would they would be told like you know you need to do whatever. Like you're you're exposing the business. You'll you'll be doing all this stuff right. And I saw this yeah, and this, I was this, just, this textbook. This young kid is doing way too much. Right. Yeah. And, and I th- I thought it was just like I thought it was I thought it sucked. Personally, I was just like, this is like, this is whack. Like I, but 
they continue working the match. Um, Hager comes up uh, out of nowhere, grabs the foot. Uh, there's a big submission sequence. Um, yes, John Cena versus the Nexus with the DDC spot. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! That's exactly what the fuck this was. <laughs> like, bro. I like, totally forgot about that. <laughs> like, bro. Like, I saw this and I was like, uh, I'm looking for the timeline. I'm looking for anyone to talk about it, right? And I'm I'm not, I'm I'm somewhat reserved on Twitter with you know my my like when I really want to go out the window on something I will but I I didn't see anyone bringing this up I didn't see anyone you know talking about this or whatever and I'm mm-hmm. like all right I guess I'll just save it for the podcast and then let let everybody you know hear hear it there but um I didn't I didn't like this match so for me. I I uh I thought that it was a really good match um and well done. I thought that I didn't like the what as you mentioned like the the uh implementation and the selling throughout the match of uh Danielson has been gone with an undisclosed injury, but you a smart wrestling fan knows that when people don't disclose injuries, we assume that it's either covid jail or you're in a hyperbaric chamber getting your brain, uh, un, you know, fixed up, right? CTE tings. Uh, right. So then Danielson then does all these spots to make you think, oh my God, this guy, this guy is out here with a, with a, with drain damage and uh, <laughs> Garcia's out here going to town on him. And, and, and then, because it's like, okay, so you're playing on on the smart fans perception and them always having this weird thing with his with his brain cuz he had to retire for a year or was forced to retire for a year and change because of cuz of his brain um CTEism. god damn it we <laughs> can't finish the show with you laughing at the fucking uh twist stream uh oh, comments the twist, the twist comments are only getting greater so, shout out to you guys so uh so yeah like for that part of me was kind of like it was an eye roller, but the match was great. I, I, I or really great, good, whatever you want to call it. Um. So, but then the finish happens where it's like, okay, so obviously excuse is Danielson. He's fighting from underneath because he came back too early, whatever else. Just like we talk about Japanese book, right? And the next thing I know, a fuck, you know, the it get back in the ring, and then a foot grab or arm grabs, uh. Danielson, and you're like, what? And then Danielson loses. He passes out without tapping, as you mentioned. This is the second one of what will be a third one on this taping um, where someone gets tapped or someone uh, loses via ref stoppage without tapping out. Um, and then it was revealed that Hager um, interfered. So it was like, okay. So Garcia, after you've given this man I don't even know how many main events on Rampage over the more last more than like, anybody since he's debuted. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Tons of interview or tons of main events. All of these spots where he's a number two or number three in a faction like JSH or say or JAS. He was the number one guy in um in basically like the, the Buffalo Boys Click or whatever it was. Or not Buffalo Boys Click, but him with the two point oh. Yeah, two point he, you know, he has an upset win over Kingston. All this shit, yada yada. Flash forward to today, winning for and, months, right? You know, uh, 
you know, has to get, you know, gets rolled up uh, by Will or you to the biggest, you know, the biggest star in the business in the words of Rich. And, like, we get to this point, and, like, you want to put him over, but then, like, by you doing one, Danielson is actually really, like, back too early with uh, uh, injury, um, and then we have another guy help him fucking cheat. Like, you put him over, but you didn't actually put him over. So it was like, for me, like, got in the way, it's like, how much, how many condos do we need to put on Brian Danielson? Like, and it feels almost like Danielson came back, he wanted to put over uh, Garcia, and he wanted to tell the story about it, about the brain thing that would have been perfectly acceptable for why he lost his match, right? And then it's almost like, it feels like either somebody or more civilly Khan was like, nah, bro, I paid too much money to be losing to Dan Garcia. You gotta also have someone else help him, too. Two-on-one also. And, and then Danks was like, fine, fuck. And then went out there and had the match. And, like, for me, I'm like, sometimes matches are just, just really cool and his matches just to do, right? And that's fine. Other matches are for point of, like, showing people, or changing people's trajectory, right? This one was neither a cool match nor changed anyone's trajectory, and that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But, like, I see the... The, the I saw the cage match rating for this, and I was like, you thought this is one of, like, the 50 best matches in the world this year so far? Really? Really? Look, man, I like... Da- I, look, I love Daniel Bryanson... Or, sorry, Brian Danielson. This is the first time I've done it in a minute. Uh, I love Brian Danielson as much as y'all do. I You know what? I love him enough not to lie. This match was not... This, was, this match wasn't as good as fucking, like, Daniel Bryan... Uh, versus Kenny Omega, or, or Daniel Bryan versus, or, or first in beginning of the year, just Adam Page. This isn't a mm-hmm. like what what? Why is this that? Why is this so high of a rating? What are y'all doing? This wasn't as good as him and Moxley yeah. from our uh, from uh, what's it called? Or no, get out of here. It was a very good match. You want to call it great? I, I'm not gonna argue with you, right? It wasn't my cup of tea, but I understand why it went off for a lot of people in that way. Uh, acting like it's one of the very, very best matches of the year. No. Get out of here. Comical. Get out of here. Like, like I can recognize the the work and, you know, the, the match layout and, you know, some of the stuff. Like, there was just things in the match I just couldn't get past. Like, and, and I thought there was a, some double standards going on here. Um, this wasn't, like, this isn't even the same league as, like, Osprey and Dax uh, from, from a couple months ago. Not even the yeah. same league. No. Yeah. Or Kyle O'Reilly and, and Ray Phoenix. Some shit like that. Like, no. Just no. I understand. It's a different type of match. Like, no. Even still, no. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we've got a lot to get to, though. So I'm going to punt on um, Rampage. But um, SummerSlam. So um, did you catch the whole show, James? I watched all I- of SummerSlam, unfortunately. Oh. Yes. Okay. So I caught the opener. I caught the everything for the tag match after. So I'm missing the middle portion, but um, the, the stuff tag, I saw, the tag match is at like the back half of the show. I thought, yes, because like I got home uh, from, we were out with uh, Jeremy and I, I tuned it in. I was in the middle of the tag match. Okay. So I watched the rest of the show live that night. Gotcha. I caught Bianca and Becky. Okay. Okay. So you missed um, the beginning, the beginning part. Okay. Okay. I, I, all right. So let's go match my match real quick. Oh, oh, oh overall thoughts of SummerSlam. My overall thoughts of SummerSlam are, I wish very much that I had not watched this thing straight through without fast-forwarding. 
Um, they're pay- like regardless of whoever is at the helm right now or will be in the future. SummerSlam was, had to suffer from the same exact issues that every WWE pay-per-view does, which is the pacing is atrocious. Atrocious. They put I can't even say atrocious right, but they it, they keep fucking up putting all this shit that does not belong there in these shows to pad the, the runtime for no reason other than uh, what do they call it? Uh, eyes on the on the product or whatever else on a on the on, hours. Yeah, hours. Whatever. Watch time. Watch time. Yeah, if you will. It's it's awful. It's it's it, it's annoying. And like, if these shows were distilled down to what actually is there, if you just fast forward through this stuff instead of being you know a sucker that watches live, um, your experience is so much better. And I gotta say, if your experience is better watching it on delay than watching it live. Your experience sucks. That's period. I don't give a damn what it is while I'm watching. Um, so, um, just want to say that from there. As far as the match by match breakdown of this show, I don't know how you can get away without saying this was a good show. Um, as far as like some of the stuff that's happened, as far as their booking and protection for people or whatever else. It's, a, it's still a WWE product that's still in the re- changes over for get away from Vince and, and like from all accounts like this is still Vince's like this show is still everything that was laid out for what Vince wanted before he you know quote unquote retired uh, but like uh, I think depending on how people feel about the main event they either thought this was a good show or, or as far as wrestling wise bell to bell they thought this was either a good show or a very good show I am on the I after what I saw from Stardom on Saturday and uh, Sunday, I can only say it was a good show. I'm kind of mixed. I I don't know like what whether it was good or bad. It was in the middle kind. Oh, of. the pacing was awful. If you want to say it, it wasn't good just because the pacing alone, I'm not I'm not going to argue with you because the pa- all, it was horrible. There was like a, the there was like 20 I minutes saw. before the end of the some main event in the in the main event. 20 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, um, lots of video stuff. Um, and I, like I said, I got there during the tag team title match. I'm glad that, you know, the, the, they didn't, all right, the Usos and the Street Profits had a match that was only to a certain level to where people could not even start lying on Twitter. Like, you know, what did I they, let's say the Young Bucks didn't have to worry about trending tonight. Um, so I, I don't even remember what I gave that match as a rating. I don't even know. I, it may have been good. That's what I said. It, it maybe was good. Maybe was good. But yeah. like once, like they get like I don't know how quick they went to fucking uh, one of Uso slapping on the chin lock, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" Bro, I saw this oh, right. Slap, slapped. Uh, are we just gonna jump around? Or are we gonna go match by match? Which one? What do we you we should jump. Uh, I I just want to look at the the top three and then okay. talk about the okay. women's match. Okay. All right. Um. So the the Usos and the the Street Profits, Jeff Jarrett's the ref. Um, Jeff Jarrett never played still the, the fucking gun show. Did, yes, didn't play for the finish. Don't know why he was there. Uh, whatever he was there simply. So last month they did a disputed count for Jeff Jarrett to count the finish clean as a sheet this time. When I saw this, I was like, the Street Profits have to go to hell now, right? Yeah. Like what? What else is there for them? They should have switched the titles to the Street Profits, and I'll say have. it again: especially the better the after. better team 
is the Street Profits Especially out of these two. After that entrance, when they come out with the t- with the cheerleaders, like <clears throat> you know, everyone knows about Montez and Bianca's Bianca's marriage. Bianca came out and was the best fucking baby face you ever you'll ever see in front of her in her home state. They loved her to death. She came out in fucking chaps. We'll get to that in a second, but. They come out, uh, the Street Profits come out with with the Titans cheerleaders. They're wearing Titans colors. They have the Street Profits uh, logo in the shape of the Titans fire uh, Mm -hmm. uh, pin logo. We're good to go. We're ready. It's time. Right? Like, I understand that they've been tag champs before, but these are the unified, or I don't know. They're not unified, but they're the double tag uh, things right now is a double tag match or whatever else. The Usos have had these belts for like three hundred and something days, like three hundred and seventy some seventy something days or some shit. Like one set one set of the belts. I don't know when they won a second one. Don't know. Don't care. Not gonna get into it. Whatever. But they've been the champs forever. They're stale as all hell. They've been out in the sun. They've done this forever. Like they're just goons right now to just make Roman's matches and make it worse at this point. Like. They're never going to make either one of them a single star. They're just a great tag team, and that's what they are right now. And there's no shame with that. But at this point in this stage in the game, if this were any other promotion, we'd be saying they've, they've done this for forever. We can't, like, if they're going to be the champions again, it needs to be for a short reign to put over the net to get over new people. They're, they're, on, they're on day 100, 300 and something, whatever else. There's a team to to put on that's a hot team that could be the the guys that they hand the torch to and the people and and they said or not them but like the bookering committee said no we're going to ride with this story of we are making the Usos a tag champions long running because Roman Reigns is the double singles champion which is like why that doesn't that that doesn't add to Roman Reigns' star power whatsoever? <laughs> they can just bring the fucking Usos out. Who gives a shit? Like, bro, they didn't wait for Kenny Omega to lose the AEW World Title before they took that shit off the Bucks. It was like, no, bro, it was time for the Lucha Bros. I don't, like, even, I don't even want to do the. I don't even want to do the comparison or whatever else. It's just like fundamentally, what the fuck do uh, the Usos in 2022 without the prospects of some f- the very last New Day? Uh, title feud do they serve other than to serve up and help put over the next the next crop of tag teams right now few with them you know go go one and you know go one and one and then the in the the the, uh, the younger team wins at the end of it sure fine but they have beaten them the, the, all year they, didn't the they beat them in, didn't they beat them on day one uh they fought the new day at day one you're okay yeah yeah I'm sorry uh, but, I'm confused with the, with the different black teams. Like the, the the only use I could see for the Usos, right, is if they feel like they've elevated these guys. I'm not saying that necessarily they did, but if they're your champions, your long running champions that have been in the company for over ten years, all right, use them as a dream attraction at this point, right? Have them fight singles guys and like you know matches like you know like where the the singles per or the, there's two singles guys that have to team up and then face the USOs and make it like a big deal like that while somebody else has the belts because the belts as you mentioned like I can't tell you when I can't I can't tell you like any classics or anything or 
a, a narrative they're trying to establish other than there is no the narrative is, is Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns the, the yeah, the, yeah. The the narrative is Roman Reigns is so great that his two goon cousins are also the tag champs. That's it. It's not it's not anything about the tag team division or the Usos as a tag team. It's, it's almost like all that shit y'all saw them do in 2017. Nah, man, fuck that. Like, it's all about Roman Reigns and, and, and sucking the dick of Roman Reigns. And, like, look, man, <laughs> Roman is great. We don't have to do this to, to, to elevate Roman because it, do, it ain't doing a damn thing for Roman Reigns other than he has two heaters. And you can have heaters without the belts. Right. Um, so, yeah, just a, just an all right match. Um Double J was the gun show, though, um, and still capable, kind of, as we saw a day later. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship match. James, I have two packs ready. I've been talking about two packs tonight. And James, all I want to know is why won't they let Liv Morgan win? James, I- I'll throw it up. I'll throw up the lob. But Rich, they did let her win. What are you talking about? She beat Ronda Rousey one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Well, you see, James, winning and losing goes beyond what the finish says. Was this the action of a winner? Was retaining the championship by stupidity of a referee like uh something honorable, something to be proud of? Was Ronda Rousey being too dumb to realize her shoulders were on the mat after Liv Morgan threw some of the most terrible strikes that I've ever seen in the history of wrestling in under a five-minute match? This thing was a disaster. But, um, but, but Rich, Ronda's not dumb because Ronda made the person tap out before she actually like got pinned. She got fucked. Rey Mysterio in 2006 thinks he was strong but compared to this. Yeah, like um, this is a geek. This is um, I, I don't I don't know how they keep making the bit better for me, James. Like if she would have just lost in three minutes and got squashed and Ronda turned heel in the process, that would be less damaging to live than what this was. Because at least that'd be like martyr booking. This would be like this is like, oh, y'all really don't believe in her. Y'all yeah. really have no confidence in her. This is the type of booking that makes people not believe in the baby faces anymore because this is a geek. This is like um, people keep gassing this shit up and they need to stop. And all this is, this is just another reason to not be proud and to realize why Liv Morgan will never win. And pe- people just... They're, they're just so happy she's the champion, but it's make-believe. It's not real. Like, look at this offense that, that she was able to land in this match. She, she okay, so in like a four-and-a-half-minute or nearly five-minute match, she probably had like two, if we were, to, if we were going to like uh, judges like a UFC fight, right? Like, she probably had two moments of significant, or significant offense, right? Uh, but outside of that, Ronda Manhandler whooped her ass. And um, had her on the verge of tapping out multiple times. And I think on the third time, she stacked uh, Rod on her shoulders. And then before she could even hold out the hope of um, getting to the three count, she gave up before uh, she could even get the three count. Man. Um, 
Yeah, this is... And then after the fact, um, Ronda was pissed because she got screwed over. And then she beat Lib down, which is a hill move. Snaps and whoops her. Which which is a hill which is a hill move. And then they let her beat up the ref too, which is a baby face move because we don't give a fuck about authority. And it's like, what what do you want from Ronda Rousey? Do you want her to be a heel or not, or a baby face or what? Oh, they they definitely want her to be a heel now. Well, now because um, yeah, back earlier month, in the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah even though we don't, even month, though that might be able to smoke because we don't know how bad her shoulder is, she might be gone. She she might not be able to make it back for WrestleMania. The undergetting of Ronda Rousey should be studied in wrestling booking university because yeah. man, she came out and her pop. Fuck she, about this woman. She came out and her pop was like pathetic, absolutely pathetic. This this is one of the biggest pay per view draws in the history of American fighting. But and all she I'm came, told she is came how out, she came out here in the and she came out here and she got a pop like the level of like Baron Corbin. But but you know it's amazing when you juxtaposition. Um, Not happy, you, Corbin. Baron Corbin. When you talk about what Ronda was when she entered this company, and all I'm told is how much WWE cares about the women, how well they book them, how how well they you know do all this stuff. But like Ronda comes out, and no one could give a fuck in 2022. Yeah, no she, one has an answer for this. She's killed off. She's, she's killed off that much of her goodwill, and she has killed off. Uh, and like in WWE's booking her the way they booked her has killed off like the fans' goodwill or, or them wanting to see her. Like when they did, all I don't that know why sh- they. Like, I don't know why they would do this to this match to her. Like where she, Toronto? where they do, yes, where where they do like the tap out there. They have her on the mat, and it's just like you know your shoulders are on the mat. Move, like you hear the referee counting. That is the only time. Look, man, I, has Ronda lost clean yet? Mm, WrestleMania got what rolled WrestleMania? up. WrestleMania, she got rolled up. WrestleMania thirty-five. Um, that was a disputed finish. Remember, her shoulder yeah. was up. Yeah, yeah, they did that. Um, let's see, they did the the Charlotte cheated this year. She's never been being clean. Yeah, and and you're wasting these losses on her it's like yo stop the fucking the fantasy stop the bullshit um have ronda go over live finish the experiment let the people cry because i i guarantee you they don't feel better about it unless they're just you know i won't even make further derogatory comments towards them but look oh go ahead guys yeah like just book like it makes sense. Like like make it make sense. Like you want Ronda to be champion. She's a big star, right? But they don't have this problem booking Roman as a heel. Now do they? They do not. Um they could they could have just had her they run over Brock Lesnar when he was heel. Do not do did they? They could have run over Liv, turned her heel in the process, have her brutalize her, do whatever, sacrifice her. And then like, you know, you're turning Becky babyface in the beginning of the show anyway. But 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 Rich we can't do that because that would make sense to actually have a top heel for to then have and then have a baby face in place for them to uh, topple that said heel that they put all this uh, energy into getting all the heat for. So we can't do that. We we, we, we got even along. though we did all, even because remember the last time we did this we got to WrestleMania 34 and we said never mind that hey Brock 
split his head fucking open and then hit him with your fake fucking move and leave and, and waste the last three years of your customer's fucking time. So no, they don't know how to do this anymore. They don't. They, they, they would rather carry on and with a limping lame duck champion to go forward. And it's like, well, why? Like, right. <laughs> and now, and then Rhonda no, no, gets no. the storyline suspension after she's goes away. Right. So it's like, no, She's wh- carrying this belt like a fucking geek, and no, and no. it's it's no, amazing. Wait till Charlotte shows up. It's it's amazing. Like I, I couldn't script this. the 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 philosophy of Liv Morgan will never win. I couldn't dream of of it going better than this. And she's won the title, James, and I'm and I am the one that is still correct. Imagine that. Like it, it's really take hard your, for like Dakota Kai. Look, you people in the YouTube comments, take your L's, open the packs. Look, it's it's for you. It it is really hard (laughs) for Dakota Kai to show up on WWE television and not and not be the biggest geek in in the division. (laughs) It's really hard. And they have managed to achieve this with Liv Morgan. And at least Dakota Kai is a good fucking wrestler. Pack going up. Man, stop the charity. Stop the charity. That's all I ask. All right. Uh, T-Mess says, uh, turns out the nine of deaths of two dozen children is bad for publicity, but who knew? Hey, I got to say, uh, she was a Sandy Hook denier well before she showed up in WWE. So, <laughs> like, you can say that that's true or whatever else, but, like, when she showed up at Royal Rumble 2018 and that crowd popped like that, they, people knew that about her then, too. So... I don't, maybe that exi- I don't know how that I don't know how you do the math on that to say that this is the cause of it when it's like that was the cause that was that happened beforehand not afterhand. Yeah, um, yeah. So look, Charles will be back soon. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Um, yeah, world title match. Roman Reigns and Paul and excuse me, Roman Reigns managed by Paul Heyman. Um, he got involved on. in the match, so he, he may as well say him too. Yeah. Taking on Brock Lesnar. And man, the last man standing match. Brock pulls up in a fucking tractor with a bulldozer on the front of that shit. I'm like, what? Like, I, I, I see that entrance and I'm like, huh? And Roman Reigns' entrance, by the way, just one of the longest. Like, this is this is Undertaker levels. Like, Undertaker wasn't even this low. Like, no. it, it might not even be. Yeah, under, this may be worse than Undertaker. It was. Like, and it's just like, yo, I do like the song though. Like the more I hear, that's, it, not, that's not a problem. The music's not a problem. The problem is, why the fuck does it take you this long <laughs> in the ring? And understand, I understand that the idea is you build the heat, blah 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 blah. But it's like, Lord, bro, Randy Orton and Undertaker didn't 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 waste this much of our fucking time. And I understand, yes, you understand. I get it. It's part of the whole presentation and package, but. This shit, shit like this makes me not want to watch the show. These shows, it doesn't. Like there was a lot of instances, like with the long, the extra long um, runway, uh, like when the riddle stuff happened with uh, Edge coming out, where it's like, especially with the entrance being like crooked to where it's like it, it goes straight out and then it like it goes at like a uh, I don't know um, a forty five degree angle to get into the the entrance way. And like where people were like, because it's 
people are trying to run or whatever else to see the time up like when people are coming in, they can't see because there's a crowd in front of them from whatever from the vantage from the ring to actually the the entrance and like there's a whole lot of they'll be coming around a mountain when she comes they'll be coming around. <laughs> like when you like if you watch like uh when riddle and um seth met at like the junction point you can see seth is clearly like jogging at like such a slower pace in actual like real running because he know because he doesn't know when like all of a sudden like he's up, he's up on him and he's running at full speed and there's no time to stop and we end up looking like doofus on 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 air so like it was just a lot of mishaps like that but like that long ass ramp like hey bro i remember they used to do this at the royal rumbles whatever Cards. else undertaker big show mark henry got brock lesnar guys that can get blown up really easily Put Roman in a fucking golf cart and ship his ass down to the ring. Make it look fly or whatever else, but like you got a week. Come on, man, pick this shit up. Pick this shit up. Like I just, I just watched two of the best shows of the year. Um, uh, so far over the weekend, they walked their ass right down to the ring and got to work. I, I don't have like this shit was just awful. This shit was. It was I, I fast. This is the only part of the show I fast. I fast forward through the shit. I was like. This is interest. Fuck that. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But of for like the other three hours live. and ten minutes of this match of this show, I, I sat through it while I was like, "This is just superfluous fluff." There's adding to the show to waste my time. Unfortunately, I was live, so I could not fast forward. So I got both of their entrances. Brock pulls up in a tractor, jumps off that bitch to begin the match. The dumbest. Uh, the dumbest. The dumbest. Not Roman. Roman takes all that time to walk down to the ring. Brock pulls up with a fucking. Uh, um, with the bulldozer, tractor, whatever the fuck, the the heavy machinery, ha <laughs> ha the heavy machinery, um, and Roman Brock does his his, you know, his spill, whatever else. He throws the mic. Roman catches it, and that was cool, or whatever else. And he winked at him, it was cooler, whatever. And then like he does the match. And I'm like, I remember while watching, I messaged y'all like in the group that has uh, Chad and Sam, and I was like. I was like, Roman or Brock had better not have dove on this motherfucker. I know damn well Roman not finna let this motherfucker dive on him. While well, how's the fuck you gonna get down, right? And then sure enough, holds the belts up, turns around, gets dove on by Brock fucking Lesnar. I'm like, so Roman's just a dumbass. How's he gonna get down, dummy? <sighs> oh man, um, a lot of this match had last man standing disease. By that I mean lots of waiting around, standing, counting the same sequences that you've ever that you've seen in every single Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match just hitting each other with big ob- objects steel steps chairs whatever they could find ringside um, just waiting and I was like man aside from small changes in their appearance if you were to chop up every match that they had that wasn't Wrestlemania 31 you wouldn't know the difference um, in all this and then like it just kept going and going and going and going. And then Brock Lesnar, much like Buddy and Blue Chips, gets on the track here. Um and then decides I'm gonna start moving the ring around. And then like now, uh, at- before you get there, he puts Roman into the, the oh, scoop yes. part. He he turns it back on, he lifts it up above the ropes, and then you know, I'm looking at him like, okay, so that's like eight foot drop. That's interesting, or whatever else. And then like he keeps lowering it before he actually didn't dump something. I'm like, oh, so mm-hmm. he's basically like taking a splash himself. And then and then the way Roman fell, which he can't, Roman can't control this. He he falls and lands basically like he lands on like his knees and feet or whatever. So I'm like, 
Oh, so he just he basically just like took a practice was, tumble off of the top ropes. I don't care. And that was, bro, a, was like that a, was a near like that a was a near fall, drop. if you will. It was like a two foot drop. It was like, above the ring. It was a, no, it's like five because the ring ropes are five. So yeah, it was a five foot drop. Whatever. But I mean, that's that's the drop that you take if you were like standing on top of the top rope and then you fell. So yeah. whatever. Uh, and I'm just like, that's lame. He like, I don't know if that's <coughs> whatever. Safety first, but that was lame. It was a waste of time. Um, yeah. And then that's when he starts. With the nonsense trying to lift the up the ring around. Yeah. And then Roman stands up. The ring's like way the fuck in the air. Yeah. They well they, first he blasts the ring and moves it like, you know, ten Probably feet like to five, the left or feet, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just watching this. I'm like so the whole point I, I said. You can also out. see you can also see like Graves or whoever it was. One of the one of the colors jumped out the way. Jumped out the way, you like, you ain't finna kill me today, motherfucker. They're like, yeah. no, not happening. I, I was like, man. Kill these Brock- fans, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, the pairing of Brock and Roman has nothing left. Like, they've exhausted it all. And then this motherfucker hops on a tractor, and I was like, oh, that that proves it for sure. Like, he's he's decided to um, use the machinery to, so- to make up for the fact that they have nothing else going on here. They, they've got to do these these elaborate stunts. And uh, it, it, was, it was something to see, right? But I saw this, I was like, I, I couldn't get into it wrestling wise. They had nothing for us. Like, and from there it, it devolves into NXT takeover, like deathmatch wrestling, um, to where like, it's like the, the overindulgent stuff where it will never end. Like they just keep getting up at nine, uh, on each other. And it was just like, can y'all end this fucking match already? And then there's like a million run-ins. Austin theory comes out there. They're doing all this stuff to like swerve you to do whatever. And then it just ends in the lamest fashion possible. Um, it, it kind of reminded me of like, uh, those Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly matches, uh, when they were going forty minutes. And oh, shit those! And, I, I mean, look, bro, and it was just. Too I much. thought that I thought those old matches were way better than this because those actually had involved some some semblance of wrestling and didn't have a million run ins and and bullshit like uh, like a cat like a possible cash in stuff and I didn't have mm-hmm. to see it. I didn't have to see both Usos get dumped on their fucking heads and I'm like horrified as if like as if like the you know thinking about Big E. So mm-hmm. I, you know I. I I, I get what you're. I get. I get what you're saying. I. I just. I, I can't put my myself in the mind frame of thinking like those are the same matches. But I will say this: like, imagine you book a ticket, or imagine you being a wrestling fan or WWE fan, whatever you want to call it, and you book a ticket to Nashville, Tennessee for the weekend, and you buy yourself some thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar ticket to sit uh, at the ringside. Just and you and you're a fan of the big dog, right? You're a fan of the other country boy, whatever you want, whichever one, whatever. Who gives a fuck? And you have paid uh, room, board, and flight, and ticket, and all that kind of stuff for this weekend for the second for the third biggest show in uh pro wrestling of the year. And you get to the main event. The reason why you showed up, right? And in the middle of a forty minute match, at like the I don't know, the 35-minute mark, however long the match went. Like, with basically, like, 10, 12 minutes left, a motherfucker raises the, <laughs> the ring up at an angle, and you are now from, you are sitting, you are on floor seats, too. You are an obstructed, obstructed view, and you, like a jackass, have to spend all that money, have to look at 
up high and crank your neck up to look at the Titan Tron for the last 10 minutes of one of the biggest matches on the biggest shows of the year. Amazing. That fucking sucks. That, that is a horrible sucks. experience, I would imagine. Um, yeah. Like, you spend all that money to be... I don't know why people do this, right? Like, personally, like, when I buy a ticket to a show, I'm trying to be on the same side as the camera so that I can see the camera's view because they're working towards that side. People like being on camera. People want to be famous. I, I don't... I don't uh, Or want to be seen. That's not famous. That's the wrong word. People want to be seen. That's the word they, uh, they're going for. I don't, I don't want that shit, right? People pay that money to get on that side. And then once you get on that side, you spend all that money. They raise the fucking root can- or, uh, ring up, and now you can't see shit to, uh, for the closest stretch of the match. The biggest show or the biggest match of the show. That's, that's, that, that fucking sucks. I understand it's creative idea, whatever else, from the TV perspective, but the live audience suffered greatly from that one. That one, that sucked. This was a big spectacle. Um, this was like, was like I didn't it didn't work for me on that level, but I, people loved this thing. Um, was it like four I, and a half was a cage match? Something like, that? like four and a half. I couldn't imagine match? giving this four and a half, but yes, I think Same. it's like eight point five, eight point six, something like something that. Something like that. It's like eight point six. And I'm months. like, uh, no. Same. Um, and they. Like like I said at the end, there were like Rock and Roman. I think they got up like four times each um, for the uh, the ten count. You counted out that far, bro. I swear, bro. I, I I don't know the exact number, but it felt like at the at the end part when they were working on that little side of the ring, they each got up like four times. Um, <laughs> and Austin Theory's running out there. And it's just like he's gets hoed completely. Um, the Usos are getting dumped on his shit. Paul Heyman is getting slammed. He got F five like, onto a table, which like, look, I understand they have billed this as the last Roman and Brock match. Uh, I I'll believe it, I'll believe it when I don't see it for the rest of my life, whatever. But like, Roman getting or uh, Brock F five and him, like I don't look. I, there's nowhere else to go for more than to put him in a shark cage or put him up on some scaffolding, right? <laughs> Right, there's nothing else. Only other thing to do with him is put his ass up so over high, so the threat of him falling through or falling yeah. off. Uh, there's nothing else to do. So, like, if I were, so if you, so if you were to believe them that this is it, this that they get a good enough job with Heyman to say, all right, this is it. There's no way they're doing anything more with Heyman. So um, they bury Rock. Just ends up buried a bunch of uh, yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah. And it's then a, like they just last, count. It's a, it's a they count to ten with, with him like, standing on top of shit that he's underneath, and it's like. How is that legal? Why would why, no why would the ref count that? You, why would the ref be able to count that? Like you dumping shit on top of them and they can't get up? Fine. You you standing on top of says shit that shouldn't be able to go. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Like, but but it ended really quickly and it was just like it was over. Like they just counted them out and Roman Reigns standing on top of them and then I'm like, wow, Roman Reigns <laughs> wins again. <laughs> Black Championship Black you said the Usos carried out Paul like he was like he was Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I, like once that match ended, I turned the shit off. I like I'm not I don't care about the finish or the celebration with Pyro, pyro afterwards. I Bro, was it's like, the same oh, it's thing. Over. Like and, Roman Reigns holding both belts in the camera. It's it's the same thing. It's no, like, I'm just saying that I missed like the 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 like I guess there was a visual of like of of like Paul selling like the injury because Paul, Paul after after the table spot. The F5 was able. Paul never moved. The rest of the, the rest of the match. Smart. 
Right. My, my, one, my job so, is done. Yeah, I'm just saying I missed that part because I probably would have popped it in. Like, the idea of he's out here, you know, oh, my God, I'm fucking dead 20 minutes after an F5. Like, that's funny. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Roman wins. Um, cool. I don't know where you go from here. Uh, well, I guess he's uh, facing uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, yeah, man, Triple H trick, y'all. is just Roman must pose. Um, <laughs> shout out to Bruce Haven. It's the same shit. Um, I, like I said, uh, big spectacle. People say it's a very fun match. I watched it. I was bored through like a lot of it. And then I just watched all the shit happening. I'm like, they are going so far to try to make this epic. And it's just not going to fly for me. I don't know what I'd rate it. Because um, one, like, it's hard. It, it's a pro wrestling match, yet it certainly was not a pro wrestling match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I always struggle with, like, matches like this, where the, whether it's, like, Stadium Stampede or whatever nonsense match that, you know, that people are coming up with to, you know, Blade or whatever else. So, like, I always struggle with that kind of stuff. Um... I don't know, man. It was it, it like it wasn't it, I, it wasn't bad. It went long. Um, there were times where I felt bored while watching it. Um, at times, it felt re- repetitive. When like one of the near falls was Roman, you know, running, you know, runs a belt shot, a running belt shot, and then Brock, Brock gets, it. and then he's like, "All right, I got the answer. I'll use the other belt, and that'll work." It's like, do you think? Do you think one's made out of like cotton candy, and the other one's made out of titanium? Both of them, neither one. Put that shit down. This shit ain't gonna work. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, it was fine. It was fine. It, like, was it worth the time that it went? Absolutely not. Yeah, so, they you know, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm on it. Like, I don't really have a rating. I, I dread saying this. I would have to watch it again to give it a rating, which means oh my I ain't god, gonna, it, which means it ain't never getting a rating for me. Ain't I ain't watching this shit ever again. Hell no. Hell no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. This opened the show. Um, Bianca came out tasseled, you know, ready to team with Matt and Nick, you know. Um, Becky came out. Uh, I think she was in some type of orange getup, um, if I remember right, orange and red or something like that. It, it was uh, it was various colors of orange and red and yellow. It was very Summer Sam, SummerSlam colory, yeah. yeah. Yep, so uh, they came out. It was still like daylight during all this, so this was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, they worked really hard in this match, I thought. Um this this was cool. Um, this was Bianca. Just watching that, I'm just like in awe of her, and just seeing all the abilities that she has, strength wise, speed wise, moving side to side, which is a, a, a not really talked about aspect of lateral quickness. Yes, uh, of wrestling because you know a lot of people just move in straight lines and shit like that and forward backward, but you know the side is or avoiding people like she's got. A combo, I think, unlike any woman in this country's history, like personally. Um, And I thought she was excellent in this match. She really, this kind of felt like a good John Cena match uh, for me. Like, Mm -hmm. and this felt like a good John Cena match. Like, crossbody? Yeah, like, I was like, man, that's like, that that feels like it's Cena. Like, and she, like, I thought it was great. Um, And I, saw this match and I was like damn like they, they were creative down towards the end or there was a little bit of sloppiness but it was like you know enough to it wasn't enough to throw things off but um I thought this was a really good match I'd probably go like four stars on it um I think that it was 
much needed closure because despite the fact that we were supposed to act like she didn't already beat her at WrestleMania, SummerSlam was the place last year that they did all this mm-hmm. shit and they wanted to make it like a nice round number. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, um, she, she basically gives her the KOD pins, Becky. Um, after that, you know, they shake hands and all that. And then the person who carried the industry wasn't the finish like uh, Becky was going for like a second rope manhandle slam. It gets turned into a second rope Spanish, Spanish fly. fly, and then the Spanish fly transitions into the KOD, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And then the, oh, the real person- quick, let me let me get my let me get my two cents in here. Yeah. I thought the first half of this match was was all right, and then like the last half of the match was like really great. And like I'm with you, I probably give it four flat. Um, I think that. It's in a weird way, it, it the same it kinda has the same thing, even though the, like Becky had an injury in this match. Like it reminded me a lot of their match at WrestleMania, except the match at WrestleMania was just better. Like it took like instead of it taking half of the time to get into gear, like it took like the first third of that match to get into gear. This one took a whole half of the match to get into gear. Uh but yeah, so like I gave that match four and a quarter, I give this match four. But either way, um, Great match between uh, another great match between these two, and like for all the people that have said shit about Becky Lynch and like they don't think she's actually a good worker, is like all this woman has done since she came back from dropping an album is have good ass big matches. Um, so like she better than Charlotte at this point. Of late or over their careers? I would say of late. Like Oh, abs- you know, of late? What, absolutely. What like, I guess since she dropped the album. Absolutely. Like, Charlotte has one great match to her name this year, I think. And that's a match with Naomi. And I get that four stars. Um, but, like, Charlotte has been a fucking mess in the ring the last, like, almost two years. Year and a half. Something like that. Like, just, like, her, like, her bust rate is, like, just like shocking for somebody that like has been as good as she has been like for like probably since 2014. Hold on. Jeannie Buss's Twitter got hacked. What happened? Please let me know in the comments. Um uh so yeah, like I just um like Beck I, I think that oh, you know Oh no, not the PS5, not not that one. Y'all playing, right? So um I don't know what to do with the Jenny Bus guy hack thing, but uh I just think like over the last uh with Becky anyway, like I think that she has answered a lot of critics that were like really hard on her at like post WrestleMania thirty five and everything and like she she came back and like she she is I feel like she shut up a lot of people. I really do. Um now uh I guess now we can move on to um, the aftermatch, after yeah. post-match so, stuff. So the person who uh, carried the industry's music hit, uh, her unrecognizable music. Um, they popped for it. They did yeah. pop for it. They did. I heard it and I was just like, this is soul crushing. Like like that. Aww. It's just like, bro, what did they got to do to get her some new music? You know what it reminds um, me of? It reminds me of the Seth music before the music he just got with the... With the um, with the chance thing that you can do because it's mm-hmm. like when he was like the cult leader like it's the yeah. same thing like is this just generic like placeholder music it is like 
Bailey never got her placeholder music or never got moved on for placeholder music. This is what she has now. And it's like, this sucks. Yep. She comes out. She's wearing white. Takes her ring because it's a big ass entrance. Yep. Uh, then after that, Dakota Kai comes oh, out. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We forgot the whole part. Becky, I didn't know she separated her shoulder at the time. Uh, but oh, like, yeah. Becky at the end was like, this is the better woman. Whatever. She cut my hair. We went through all this shit the last, you know, year or whatever else. But like, she's a better woman. I have been bested. Something that like, this is also another part when you talk about the Charlotte stuff. This is something Charlotte would never fucking do. But um, I have been bested. I have been beaten. Whatever. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't pop, you know, and she shakes Bianca's hand and like Bianca makes a face like, she made a face like this when Sting say like, if you screw me, I'm going to get you. And she was like, you better not, she, you better not fuck me when I, when I shake your hand. And she shook their hand and like, you can see Becky, like Bianca, like really want to embrace her. And it was really cool. And then, um, and then like Becky left the ring and she went out towards like the scorekeeper or the uh, time uh, keeper's table int- uh, exit to get out, and um, then beyond, uh, ba- Bailey's music hits. Yes, um, Bailey's out there. Um, everyone's happy to see her. She's talking a bunch of shit. Can't really hear what she's saying. But then Dakota Kai's music hits, and it's like, hold on, what's she doing here? And then of course Graves has to drop the line. I didn't think she was under WWE contract. It's like. Then why is she here, Corey Graves? Um, she came out looking like Sindel. Um, <laughs> like she's got the two different colors. Yes, she's got the the, the, it looked, the two different colors, hairs. Um, it's like, okay, she's here. And all of a sudden, you start hearing that 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 alarm and that 808. And it's like, oh, EO's here. So EO comes out and EO is dancing like a jug in, in, the, um, in the entrance. Um, saw her and i was like oh eo's here and then like they're like uh eo sky so um and they've changed her name to iyo sky Mm -hmm. um i see this and i'm like well eo shirai's stuck in in wwe great um (laughs) so (laughs) whatever Um, look I, I, I know a lot of people got themselves uh, excited that she was she the possibility that she was going to return to stardom or whatever else. I, I mean, it felt like she had been out for so long and like stardom is so different than than it was now. And like if she were to come back and be a um, and be like an everyday wrestler and not like a part time wrestler, like how Kyrie just does like uh, pay-per-view tags. I don't know how that's going to go because like she has never been in stardom and wasn't like the ace. So like she comes back like while the locker room has that respect for her, the company is so, is in such a different space where they have fans that are like, that aren't, that don't really have any attachment or maybe you don't even know who EO or Kyrie is until Kyrie just came back. So it's like, you know, you have to reintroduce her, and it's also like, all right. So what is so what does that mean for your like your three year you know your three year plan, if you will, right? Like mm-hmm. you throw that shit out the window if Eo shows up, but it's like then you have to like do so much stuff to get her reestablished and over with this crowd and this new fan base that you never had before. Like so, instead of so like it's not it, it's not I'm not heartbroken. I would. Granted, like there's, I would love to see another her and Mayu match or her or Thunder Rock 
um, reuniting or or three of them being back together. I would love nothing more than to have that. I might even, look right now I'm on my phone or like I'm on my Twitter account. Like I got Bun B, Pimp C, Big Boy, and, and Andre from International Players Club like as my header. That sh- I've had that shit for years. That might come down if three of them ever reunites, right? It might come down to put up. Yes, yeah, so I'll turn it to that. Connect. I'll turn. I finally turn it and reach my final form as the Joshi fan that has that has headers for jo- other Joshi. On that, I might. I might complete the transformation finally. But that being said, like I'm not broke up or whatever else. Is like EO didn't seem like she really wanted to leave. She just wanted to be on the main roster, and they never wanted to put on the main roster. Now the person that wanted to put on the main roster is in charge. She'd be on the main roster, so she got what she wanted. I'm happy for. Her. So these three are together, kind of in a group. Um, they the new s- freedom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they they, wa- they walk over, um, you know, to, to the ring there, and they just stare down um, Bianca, and then Becky gets in, and they're face to face, and they all just stare at each other some more, and stare, and nothing happens, and then. Whatever, but this whole thing was about sending a message. Like they wanted to do an angle uh, to open up SummerSlam to have people go crazy, and man, they Triple H got them. Got them. Like these people were starving. Like the, the way they acting online, like it's it's unbecoming right now. <laughs> what are they doing? It's it's not even the fans I'm talking about. It's the wrestling media. My God, wipe wipe the side of your mouths, please. Um, it's bad. Um, but yeah. Um. But aside from that, I heard good review. I heard good reviews from uh, Logan Paul's performance. I saw like a little uh, GIF clip going around uh, where Miz is actually in all the right spots, kind of, and um, it, and Logan Paul's doing his thing. Heard that went over well. Look here, man. Um, they did this match, and people want to give credit to the Miz for being in all the right spots and doing everything that a motherfucker that has been on professional wrestling television for for uh, over a decade um, uh, should be able to do uh, as a prerequisite to be able to be on fucking pro wrestling television. Uh, so whatever y'all want to y'all want to the bar is that fucking low for for this person. Fine, whatever. Logan Paul went out there. And did everything about as well as you can conceivably ask him to do, except for sell a, except for do a decent looking phenomenal forearm. But like we're comparing him to doing AJ Styles move, and AJ Styles is like m- maybe the most like depth and agile uh, pro wrestler I may have ever seen. So we'll give him that. We'll get. We'll cut him that slack, right? Um, he. He threw great strikes. He threw great punches, which is hard to fucking do, throwing good work work punches. And I don't mean like he's throwing like the Steve Austin, Lawler, uh, Jared, shitty, throw them shits from, you know, from from below your belt buckle, uh, swinging them shits, uh, punches like like a carny. I mean, like them shits actually like they hurt, like he's stiffing people. Um... I don't think he was. I'm saying they look they look like effective strikes. So he, he's doing that. Um he's his flying is, is very well. He did the end of the match was uh he ends up doing a um he ends up putting Miz on the announce table and he does the um the shaming man spot, except it's not an elbow drop that misses by two feet and then the camera has to cover it. He hits him with a 
uh, Dante Martin, Montez Ford, Seth Rollins, Frog Splash that will not need to be edited and post and fixed and make it look like he connected. He landed on that man perfectly and, and claps the table. And, um, I gotta say, like, I, I, I really enjoyed this, but what I do appreciate is like the part where like we can move on like with bad bunny and Ronda Rousey and, and Logan Paul and even, McAfee, even though McAfee's like match he had later in the show was rough, we can move on from this idea that you have to like have all this experience and do X, Y, and Z and blah 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 to to have a good wrestling match or whatever else. If you remove the guardrails and you are a good athlete, you should be able, able to excel at this if you give a fuck. And clearly, Logan Paul is somebody that is uh, a good athlete and gives a fuck. And maybe from the idea of him doing the fight stuff before, or his brother doing the fight stuff before, he's picked up some ideas on how to sell fights through pro wrestling and, and knows how to uh, not speed himself up. And maybe that's what some of the training from the PC on, on how to fill that kind of stuff up and, and sell. Because you know they definitely like to tell people to slow down. So he was able to do that. He just like, don't... Whatever, but he he looked he looked very good. I'm not saying he's I don't I'm not saying he needs to be, he needs to show up at the five star Grand Prix next year. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he looked good in the matches he's been in and, and impressive in a way to allow you. And it's like all this stuff we've heard over the years about X, Y, and Z and wrestlers being and da 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 da. da. It's like what about this? What about these? What about those? <laughs> So yeah, like um, this is and this is gonna go be one of the matches. This is gonna be go one of the matches. Strap Logan Paul up. This is gonna be one of the matches where like you know when Vince was out here saying like we can just get actors to be pro wrestlers. This is what he was thinking about. But like he didn't. But he didn't realize people want to see fly, like people flying around. He just wanted to see. He thought people wanted to see you know people sell and show emotion and hit big power moves. Like no fool. You want to see people be athletic and Paul and, and, and Logan Paul is athletic. Look at Logan Paul being a RLPW where it just never fails. It always sort, works. Sort of. It sort always of. works. Moves, baby. I don't, I don't think he's Saya Kamatani necessarily, but like he, he does he does his fair share of jumping off of shit. Um, you know <clears throat> strap him up. At some point, why not? Well, I, I mean, I, I think I'd love is, to see it. I think this is his first time like not getting booed. Cause remember, like mm-hmm. they hated, they hated him, and they basically stuck. They had Miz turn on him at WrestleMania, and Miz got over somehow because uh, they hate that dude so much. So, like, I think it's like the first time he wasn't getting booed. So, I don't know which way they're going to go with this, but this was a success. This, if the idea was we want him cheered and we want Miz booed, this was an absolute success. They did the thing with uh, with um, <laughs> Brute Haven says, "Give Paul the Dragon Gate Six Man from Supercard Honor 2006." That was great. <laughs> You want you man get that man a get that man a copy of Super J Cup ninety four. But like, see, you gonna do all this shit here, you know? But yeah, um, this was this was a success. Like, this was. I mean, we'll get to it uh, in a second. But like, this was definitely better than the McAfee match, definitely. But like, as far as like people giving that pra- praise to the Miz, it's like, what's the point? Why? 
This match was there, this, I mean, like if you want to say if you want to say like okay someone had to lay this match out with him I guess but like we ain't, we ain't never seen a match with Miz that involved this like kind of layout of, of of fun stuff so I don't know where you get at coming up with that one outside of like the Champa stuff and the Marie stuff and the finish. There is a forever crusade that is going on to legitimize the Miz as this person as a worker. That- as a worker that has been on their screen for 20 years, they have to defend that like all the hours that they've spent watching him wasn't for no reason. He's good. He's actually really good. Like that's, there's a lot of that energy on that. He's not, but that's not even the point of the Miz. That's not what the point. Miz <laughs> wants to do this shit. He wants to wrestle the celebrities or whatever else. He finds that to be more entertaining. His idea wasn't to come out here and go hole for hole like he's fucking Ricky Steamboat or or Pete Dunne. That's not that never was a thing with him. I don't know. So like you guys giving him this props, he don't care about that shit. <laughs> if you want to get props about like he's a great character, a great talker, that shit he actually cares about because look at what he look at what he's good at. It's funny. So what we have next? Oh, uh, I don't have the card up, but I think after that was the Lashley match. Lashley, the U.S. title match was Theory. Yeah, a squish. Yeah, it's like a five-minute squash. Theory hits a, um, survives the onslaught by hitting a couple rolling moves. Like, he hits a rolling DDT. Um, basically finishes matches. He tries in one last rolling, and when he goes for a rolling cutter, Lashley picks him up in a military press uh, slam. <clears throat> A military press position and basically like drops him down and then puts him into a hurt lock and he has to tap immediately. But I will say this before the match, Lashley's interest was basically like at that junction, at the the crosswalk or in the entrance out at the aisle. Like that, uh, they put him on like on this pedestal thing. And um, this is like right at like sunset. So like it's starting to get just a little dark. So they have him on there and he's basically, you know, he's flexing and, you know, or whatever else, and then he does his pose with the arms folded, and then he does the you know the point, and then the pyro goes off, and I was like, "This man looks like a black superhero. This is fucking awesome." <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, this fuck this shit looks fucking awesome. Like he looked like a goddamn star. Like you you know we always say something about Lashley. Like we're glad that Lashley gets pushed. He always works hard. Blah 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 blah. Like I don't really find him ultimately that compelling outside of what he has other people say for him or whatever else. But like, if you want someone like a star. Look no, uh, people, you know, starting performers and people looking like stars, or whatever else. Look no further than they put that man on a fucking pedestal in front of thirty thousand people on one half of a stadium. No, it's on the side of the same you saw, and pyro went off. It looked fantastic. So yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yes, it's, it has to be a gift. That shit was too memorable to not be a gift <laughs> or or a meme somewhere or a video of it. Gotta be. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Mysterios. So oh my, okay, so. It's uh, what's Judgment Day's name of the uh, the, the factual Rhea and Finn Indeed. and, and uh, Damian Priest. So it is Finn and Priest versus they're called the Mysterios. I was disappointed. Not Los Mysterios. Are you serious? Whatever, whatever. Neither here nor there. But the, the Mysterios come down, and um, they have what is like ninety five percent a regular rules two v two tag match. And it's a no DQ tag match. So people start getting annoyed and they're like, we want tables because it's a no DQ match, but you're working this straight laced 
Like, it's a regular fucking match you would see in a regular rule setting. So, at one point, somebody brings out a, a, a table, or not a table, but a, a chair. Um, the uh, Ray gets the chair back, and then Ray, you know how he'll do, like, the the like the baseball slot underneath the rope, bottom rope splash onto somebody? Yeah. He did that with the chair on the Finn battle. I was like, oh, my God, it has to hurt for both of them so bad. Because Finn has to catch it, and then, like... And then Ray has to like try to like land this thing without like jamming up his wrist or no- or breaking a wrist or anything stupid. And it seemed like they were able to make that happen, which you know I don't know. But like Ray got a hot tag, um, and you know Ray, you know, was Ray just fucking awesome still? Um, uh, you know Dominic, he was there, and like it was funny because beginning of the match, like Balor was chopping him when he and you know Dominic, he has like the bodysuit with like the chest protector deals on. It's like. You're chopping a dude with 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 a chest protector on. That's just stupid. What, are you, Finn? You're dumb. What are you doing? But whatever. Like, um, Rhea is about to finally make a play. They're sitting out there, basically being like 2022 China, um, just out there, just you know. Um, but anyway, she uh, as she's about to do something, music hits. They go to an entrance. There's a crazy entrance. You see fire, and I was like. This guy, is this Edge? Edge comes up. He's wearing a, a raw looking red uh, leather jacket. He has uh, a he has a black shirt with right with a uh, red uh, coloring on it. And Rich, this is forget that that Tam Nakano shirt from from like a month ago. This is a devil shirt. There is you know I say it's a devil shirt. There's an actual demon on the shirt, Rich. Um, he he has the glasses on. You know he always has the teeth. Hair. He always he's always the hair's cut short um you know like the music wasn't exactly the the brood music but it sounded like the brood the, the brood music i'm I sound like i'm baltimore the brood music but uh the brood music came on or whatever else and he walks down this uh fiery staircase and then like he goes running towards the uh towards the ring but he's at the main entrance and it's a long ass entrance, so people's like coming around and out and when he comes so damian priest tries to meet him he basically gives him a running big boot, runs to the ring, gives Finn Balor a big boot. Uh, Priest, by that point in time, got back and followed him back into the ring. So, like, after he gives uh, Balor that spear, he turns around and Priest has now got back into the ring. He ducks under uh, an attack from Priest, comes off the ropes. Priest came off the opposite ropes, and he gives him a running spear. And then um, Ray hits a... Uh, I think he's a six one nine and hits the uh, hits the di- uh, the dime drop or whatever else he gets to win. But like, yeah, like it was just a regular rules match for almost ninety five percent of it. There's very little usage of any weapons or cheating, or whatever else. And the crowd like sat on their hands because they wanted weapons or cheating or some DQ element in a no DQ match. What a not what a what a shocking concept. Who could who could have foreseen that they were not going to love. Uh, an ODQ match being treated like a regular, regular rules match. Who could have foreseen that? Dom is a luchador, in quotes, but moves in slow motion, according to Black Sabre Jr. Um, I Look, I think that Dominic isn't good, but I also think that like the the way people slander him is a bit overstated. I think it's unnecessary. Like, I, But I do get, like, you're, if I, if you were to say, like, Bruh, 
you ain't nearly as good as your daddy and left it at that, I think it's fine. But the way people talk about him, like, as if, like, he should, like, quit the business, is I'm like, yo, relax. Like, I feel like y'all are just being, like, way too harsh on this dude. Uh, but whatever, like, if I guess if you're the goat's daddy, then you should have some goat tendency. Like, look, man, I don't see people going out here killing Marcus Jordan like this. I just don't. So I'm kind of like, why are y'all being so ruthless on this kid? Well, I, I think the deal with Marcus Jordan is like the job has already been done. Like, you know, job finished on that. Oh, oh I meant back then. <laughs> like when they were at like, uh, what, were they, were they, did one of them go to UCF? Yes. Yeah, I don't recall anybody like, you know, hey, kid, you suck. You're nothing like your dad. Like, I don't, people do this to him all the time. I'm like, yo, y'all are, y'all are all too right. rough. I know there was on social look, media look that maybe would have happened. I don't look, know. Look how they be going after Bronny. You'll see it. Bronny would get a bad because Bronny's 6'2. And yep. everyone, Bronny's 6'2. And the thing is, people have, have tried to hype him up as this prospect when he is not. He's like the 30th best dude in his class, which means like that's not a person you expect to just make it to the league, especially any damage train nobody that's gonna be uh coming out of the first out of uh, high school either. So um we also had McAfee and Corbin. Okay, so McAfee and Corbin Mac or former Indianapolis Colt. Yeah. Pat McAfee. So yeah, I mean, so was uh, so was Corbin. So Corbin comes down. He's wearing Colts colors because, of course, AFC South robbery. Um, so I don't know if people notice that or not, but like he came out, they didn't care, and then like he is halfway Shock. down. Yeah, he is halfway <laughs> down the, at that like that junction point. I keep talking about on this on this uh, aisle, and um, all of a sudden, like a spotlight comes on in the backdrop, like. And one of the sections in the crowd, and it's like a, a male choir, and they start singing like "Bum Ass Corbin," my like, "Bum Ass Corbin," like some stuff, shit like that, whatever, right? So then they go into singing, and I'm like, this "Is not the concert choir for Judas?" It sounds like <laughs> right. So then all of a sudden, like I'm like, "Wait a second, like this sounds like some weird version of like Seven Nation Army." But it's not Seven Nation Army. And then they play his new music. And it's like, how do we make Seven Nation Army without, like, having to pay them any rights or get sued? And it is, it's, it's such a gigantic steep drop off from WrestleMania to this. Like, I, I gave, it was just a letdown. He comes out and then, like, they do the match and... They do they do the the all of the the routine stuff that, of fly of flipping and flying that McAfee does whatever else where he you know he he gets pushed off the top rope he he moonsaults and lands on his feet in the middle of the ring he uh he then goes to run up on the uh, run and jump and land on the top ropes and then give like a um some type of uh superplex I think or whatever else but the thing is like he's fucking all this stuff up like. He goes to do the jump to get on back on the, onto the top rope, but he like ends up landing on his ankles, and Corbin has to luckily hold him up or whatever else, so he can get back in place, get his feet back in place. He goes for a code red at one point, but it turns to a sunset flip. Uh, he almost kills himself on a floor dive where he does basically like a um, he does a front flip dive, I think. Yeah, and like 
don't know what the fuck he was thinking. He he landed on he he his head bounced like a like a ba- basketball on uh back of his head bounced like a basketball on the floor. Um, that had to suck. But yeah, like this was his worst performance of all the gymnastics he does in between because he doesn't really know how to wrestle. So it, it like it exposed like all the stuff that people were swore about and all the stuff like you did all this. And it's like no man, like all the shit smoking mirrors and like he's in there with Adam Cole and they can work around all that stuff and make a fun match, but. When it's come down to two on two, and also he's in there with someone that's not that talented, the the the, the, the it starts it getting fall apart. It gets, it, it, yeah, it, it fell apart in this one. So yeah, whatever. Like E for effort, but nah, man. Like two and a half or whatever. So whatever. Um, so I, I don't think this was this game changing show that I think people were talking on Twitter like it was, but um. It was cool, like you know. It, it, it comes down to taste. Like if you like the WWE main events where they, you know, they blow, you know, the ring may collapse, the the, the barricade may get broke in, a table may get crashed through, like all the stuff, all the stops they break out in all these um WrestleMania or or uh, pay per view or sorry, uh, main event stuff that they do at uh, pay per views, you know that they've done with Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, or whoever else over the years. If you enjoyed the hell out of the main event, I'm sure you think like this was a really good show, whatever else. I think that uh, the wrestling on this show was, for the most part, good, but just good. And like for, I think it's like 80 minutes of ring time over a three and a half hour show. I thought the book, I thought the timing and the pacing was atrocious. I keep fucking with the word atrocious. I'm going to say abysmal to move on. Uh, And yeah, like I just. Yeah, whatever. I thought it was a good show, um, and that was the end of it. Like, but I'm not about that. Like, this was, you know, a, a world sea of change. Like, nah, man. Like, AW has all but like maybe maybe like one pay per view that wasn't better than this easily. So, whatever. But that's the thing. Like, the bar is so much lower for them because they have the 40 year. You know, head start. They've got a lot. That's <laughs> yeah. like this is one of the things. Like, like if, if like if Stardom put on pay per view like this, I'd be fucking devastated. I spent I spent fifty bucks on this. The fuck is going on? Like you see the, what the next pay per view card is. There's not a chance a pay per view will, will be will be at that level. It'll be way better than this. Unless someone yeah, break, unless everybody breaks their breaks. You know, have lower half injuries in every single match. I think we we're kind of strapped for time, so um, the we're gonna kick the Ric Flair um, last show. I watched two matches. Yeah, we're gonna kick that, that down down the road um, in the Discord. Uh, I'll go ahead and give my thoughts on that one uh, if you guys want to log in. But James, hit the music. Right, so they undid it again. They undid it again. Um, last year, you weren't on the show when uh, when the f- first week, open a week of five star Grand Prix happened. But I remember it happening, being just blown away, super impressed. I thought that um, from what I saw, Stardom that like they had two of their like 
four or five best shows I'd ever saw them have. Um, both of them back to back nights on night one and two of the Grand Prix. And I, I was like, not only did they both have like each three, four star matches, they also had like a number of matches that were like over three and a half, very good matches. And I was like, this is crazy. Um, this shit felt like I was watching the G1. Um, like the old G1, not like the G1 we get now, like the old G1. Uh, so this year, um, they basically did the same thing. They had Kyrie tag matches with two of, uh, two people that she has, uh, history with and connections with. And it added to that card. And these, ma- and these shows were basically like the same level of quality, maybe even a little bit deeper. Um, then the opening weekend from last year and still super impressed, tons of four star matches, tons of four and a half star matches. Um, you know, all the, almost, you know, almost all the matches are, are good to, to speak of. So like, I, you know, I don't know where you wanted to start, but I thought it was a, uh, a fantastic weekend for stardom again. Um, I thought these were two of the six best shows I saw I've seen so far this year. I saw uh, day one uh, in its entirety. I did not see day two yet, mm-hmm. um, but just overall, like day one, it was just like lightning. The 15 time minute time limit is just amazing. Um, they're in and out and is like you, you can watch it and just, you know, I, I wasn't really watching this to analyze like what star rating was on what match. Everything mm-hmm. was just like really good, uh, I would say. Um, and there was some upsets. There was, you know, from day one, there was like, um, that continued in the day two, by the way. Yeah. It it was just like a lot of like establishing people like that. You know, I wasn't necessarily familiar with Ami. Um, this is one, like second time I'm seeing Saki, um, my Sakurai and Momokogo. I thought, um, I had an interesting take on this. Um, like I was watching it and I was like, man, I don't think that the level of wrestling was necessarily that different from Bianca and Becky, except Bianca and Becky obviously had the extended finishing se- sequence and like longer match. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Um, yeah, there, I mean, obviously like the closing stretch, they can, there's n- like Ami and Coco could just absolutely could not do that. Um, we're not saying that it was as good. We're just saying like first five minutes versus first five minutes, the first six minutes versus first six minutes. Like it's, it's comparable. It's just obviously like, Bigger stage, bigger stars, more experience, better, you know, better athletes. Um, and then like, but as far as like the work and the um the pacing, like coming stardom had it in their and, favor. Yeah, like just doing athletic shit, like I, I think that they were pretty good. Um I, I was missing Suzu Suzuki uh on this night, but Star Like Kid, yeah. Yeah, uh, I I really like this show, so um, I guess we can we can try to get through this. I know we're running. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go, I, look. My my brain's mush right now. I'm not gonna go through <laughs> any long rundown. Uh, I can give you the the results and talk about like what we what, what we thought of the match after that. I'm not gonna go through them. Run, no, uh, pull out the the notes. I don't. I didn't write down notes, but uh, the. The pre-show, they had a pre-show before they got to open ceremony. Uh, the pre-show was a five-person gauntlet match. Um, so they had... Uh, hold on, wrong day. So they had uh, Raka versus Rina. Raka and Rina versus uh, Hina and Amasaki. And um, Rina caught Hina with a backslide and, and then uh, flipped over into a jackknife coming out to win. 
Uh, so then the next people out uh, to face um, Rock and Rina or Amasaki and Koguma. Oh, sorry, uh, Koguma and Hannon. And um, Kaguma ended up catching Rina with a Kuma roll. And the outcome, Tam and Nasapoi and uh, Rich, you'd, you'd have been sick from this weekend of Nasapoi. You, you would have been sick. You would have been sick. So they come out, they do the, to the Cosmic Angels music, they dance. And then like they're up on the entrance. And it's a big elaborate entrance because this is the entrance for an opening ceremony. So there's like big enough to fit 26 people on that, on that stage. So all of a sudden they zoom in on on Mina. I'm sorry, on uh, Tam and Nasapoy, and all of a sudden you see uh, Hannon and Kaguma have came from the ring and walked up to the entrance and have jumped them and attacked them. So they end up getting uh, Tam in the ring with uh, with Hannon. Uh, Hannon or Tam is up beating Hannon with a bridging suplex. Then outcome, uh, outcome, Momo and Saki. So, uh, is Natsupoy in there? Natsupoy ends up, uh, beating Saki with a, with a rolling Lamahai straw cradle. And then, um, the last team comes out, another 08 Otai team. Um, Death and. Starlight Kid. Yeah, Death and Starlight Kid. And, uh, Natsupoy ends up, uh, beating, uh, or pinning, um, finishing off, uh, Death with a, uh, her, you know, very old gift. Uh, so I get his three stars. Uh, I thought this was after Natsboy joined, uh, joined, um, Cosmic Angels. They did a main event on one of those superior, uh, tours shows with, uh, Tam and Natsboy versus Mayu and Kaguma and, po- uh, Poi ended up pin- pinning, uh, Kaguma. Then when Kaguma and Hazuki um, wonder title offense against Mai and Mirai. They said they wanted to challenge, uh, Tam and Aspoy. Um, so like they already pinned the champion. Champions want to avenge a tag loss. They challenged this new, uh, this new tag team. Tag team goes in a four person, in a uh, five person gauntlet and wins three matches in a row to, you know, to continue their momentum or whatever else. And they're going to meet on the 21st. I thought this was standard. Good booking. Um, so then you get to the main card. Um, usually the God is on um, announcing. So do the. Yes. <laughs> That's how he signed off, too. He goes, three, two, one. <laughs> 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 you know, and like NASA employee and, uh, and everybody else did it, too. It was funny. Uh, so um, they do this opening ceremony. Uh, this year they they didn't do like the everybody in their gear. They had everybody in kimonos and they came out as a faction. So like they bring out Cosmic Angels first. Then I think next was like faction by faction by faction. Second to last faction was um second to last faction was stars. Last faction was uh Gazai. And as they're doing, it, they're basically going by like almost like ranking the wrestlers basically like the faction leaders or the last people they from each faction that gets their name announced and they basically walk down to their you know, their marker. So like they ended with the last year's champion, Shuri and Shuri just sitting there, just looking so just proud of what she's accomplished over the last year. And I'm sitting there looking proud of her. Just like, you're just fucking the fucking best. Can't wait till you beat these bitches asses in this match, in this, in this tournament again. I can't wait. So, uh, anyway, uh, so then they sign off and, and it was a fun, it was fun. And it's cool to see like all the factions, like they all kind of had like their own individualized gear, but like it all fits like the motif of the, particular faction mm-hmm. so i thought it was cool 
they all look like you know they all dress well except for like Oedo Tai, but you know Oedo Tai don't care, so whatever. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So, so uh, then you get to the Amasaki. I'm sorry, the uh, the Mayan Mai Sakurai and, and Momokogo. Yeah, you went over it. Um, it's a good, it's a decent match. It's like three, I liked it. Yeah, you liked it a lot more than I did. I was when you gave me the star ring, I was like, ooh, you liked it a lot more than I did. What do you get them giving it? I think I gave it three and a half. Yeah, I, I gave it like three. No, uh, I gave it two and a, I gave it two and three quarters. You like this shit way more than me. Yeah, I, but, I thought it was in there. There was in there moving. Like, yeah, you know. I, I mean, it was it was it wasn't like it was bad. I can see the case for three. I just, you was really feeling this one. Maybe I maybe it's expectation levels. I don't know. Whatever. But uh, at the end, Mayans are being Kogo with a uh, sit out face buster. Um, so. I think at this point they announced that like they're going to do a sh- uh, pay-per-view on I think I think it's November 3rd in um Hiroshima. So, that's cool. Um they already had, you know, the 11th is when they do the the joint show with Star uh with uh New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, it looked like it was for some tag team event or something. But I don't they, know. Yeah, they also announced like when the start of tag league is. Ah. They also did that. Um, maybe I'm getting the maybe I'm getting the dates wrong, but like they definitely announced that they're doing a pay per view in uh, Hiroshima, and they're also announced like that when they're going to do um, tag league. I know that for sure. Uh, so then you get uh, Ida and Ami, and I mean, he messaged me saying like you saw uh, <laughs> that you saw her interest like uh, Ida's interest. It says muscle in the background. He took a picture of her as she flexes and says muscle in the background. It's like just a dumb jock wrestler energy off that this woman gives off. It's just fantastic. So they get in the ring. They just start trading off big ass chops and start selling and, and, and roaring at each other. And that was fun. Uh, I, I don't remember much about this match outside of like thinking that like Ida looked damn good and then like Ami ended up finishing her with a spinning brain buster. Yeah, um, this was cool too. I not much more to add. Yeah, I get this. Uh, I get this three and a quarter. Um, next match you get Unagi versus uh, All Cap Saki, um, and this match is basically like we're just gonna big booty sh- trade big boots until yo, somebody breaks. Bro, I I texted you. I was like, yo, we're gonna boot each other in the face until someone dies, yeah. and like this oddly kind of reminds me of like Kotobushi and Taichi. <laughs> When they just decided to kick each other's legs the whole time. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, like what made them want to do this? But whatever. It, it stood out. It was different than, yeah. than everyone else. And um I liked it. Yeah, so. I yeah, I like this too. Um it 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 ran its course about a minute, uh about a minute early, but like I still end up giving this three or three and a quarter. I enjoyed it. Uh sock uh, all cap sock ended up winning with a uh Basically, a running, spinning pa- uh, brain buster that she calls a kawaii buster. So, or sorry, a kawild buster. Um, next match, and this is like where the business picks up uh, on this card. You end up getting, uh, you end up getting Risa, Sarah versus uh, Micah, and like they, they was started there thumping. Yeah, they started on the outside, and I was like, this is like. It was almost like it was almost like Risa Sarah was trolling you that you were like you're gonna get like the bad Risa Sarah performance, like by the outside stuff. And the setting in the back of the ring it was like, ha, ah, gotcha, bomb throwing going on, and you know big big gigantic trays of gigantic elbows to each other's chest uh, and sternum. 
um, pow, you know, big moves. Like Risa does this thing where she hits, a, she has like a, 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 um, what do you call it? A Boston crab, but like the, she doesn't like hook the leg. She just leaves it open. And then yeah. at, in, at any given moment, like she'll just basically like deadlift someone up and then just buckle bomb them into the corner. It looks awesome. Uh, she also has this awesome, uh, she also has an awesome like uh, air raid crash uh, or whatever else. And like it just looks like she whips somebody around and grabs them, grabs them and drops them all in like one fluid motion. It just looks, it just looks devastating. Um, but uh, yeah, like this was a very good match. And at the end, Reese ended up uh, beating Micah with a double or the diving double knee stomp or du- diving double knee drop in like. They had been teasing the tension of of you know them when they fought at uh, at Sumo Hall and back in March when it was uh, like the first prominence match. It was Risa and Suzu versus Tekla, and um, and Risa were like that's the match where like Risa or sorry when Suzu ended up hitting Tekla with that Dolphin Buster off the off the second rope. Like mm-hmm. they, so they've been so they've been added. Risa and Mike have been added like take making hoss eyes at each other like for months. So like they finally got in here and they thumped and it was fun. They were they were doing the big moves, kicking out at one. It happened more than once. Yeah, yeah, they, it, they it was did fun. it like four times in a row or some shit like. Yeah, that. like two, two and two. Yeah, like yep. big move, kick out at one, hit you with a big move, kick out at one, back, back and back, and then like eventually they start, you know, hitting the big moves and kicking out at, at you know from near near falls and, and then ultimately, uh, Micah ended up or sorry, Micah ended up getting put down. But like this was fun, and yep. it was like hey, similar to Rouge, like. I'm on, this is money time, so I'm gonna show up and have good ass matches now. Um, so that was fun. Uh, so then you know, getting to uh, Azumi versus uh, Shuri, Shuri, and this was like they have clear. This is their fifth match, and like, and every time Shuri in turn in the tournaments has gotten caught because like she ends up trying to wrestle Azumi's game, and they can't nobody. You can't outwrap E40 and you can't out high speed Azumi. And this time, like, Shuri was like, I'm not falling for this shit again. You're not gonna get me this trap. Like, you you may, you know, you may, you're always gonna be faster than me and quicker than me or whatever else, get in and out of stuff faster than me. But like, y- you are a fly, and eventually I'm gonna bring out this fly swatter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock your ass against the against the the wall. And it kept happening, and they, and then Azumi would get herself off the wall every so often with, with big kicks and get a chance to try to you know put Azumi, sorry, put Shuri in arm bars or else. But like this match was very good, and like it was a match where like they knew each other's tricks and have had this in like almost like this almost like trilogy wrestling. Where, like this is the third match we're doing counters on counters, and it was fun. I I you know um, I gave this four and a quarter. I loved this match. I thought they were both fantastic. Yeah, I think it's a little bit. I think their match last year was better because it got more time. In the but, uh, Grand Prix or their or the uh, the um, the, the Grand Prix they had. Okay, the, okay. the Grand Prix, um, and that shit was like, like I think this was a little bit worse than that, but this was still excellent. This was Azumi jumping off like uh, the beginning. Like <laughs> starting up behind her, thinking there was it was gonna be introductions. Nah, fuck that. Azumi's right. just gonna gonna take a straight tour. Um, Azumi gave like a diving double foot stomp to to her yeah. off the second rope onto the onto Shuri who's on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I'll was... probably say four on this. Yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, no, it, this is just it was just great. Like it's just I love seeing these two work together because yeah. Azumi is like it's like 
this is going to be the story of the tournament. Like, people are trying to run the clock out on Azumi. You're only going to be able to beat her for so much longer before she starts <laughs> figuring all this shit out. Yeah, I, I also think, like, there's this thing where, like, when Azumi gets the big upset over Shuri, like, that just bumps it up a star, a quarter star. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. It's like, people, like, the idea of, like, people really like her, people don't understand that she's, like, a prodigy and, like, she gets that big win. It's, like, a bigger deal than when, like, oh, okay, like, a person that should be a champion or is the champion is going to beat the lower person. Like, it's like, it's like, uh, I think it was, uh, someone was talking about like the, um, mask versus, uh, belt match for, um, Ray versus, uh, Eddie, where it's like, you could put it on, you could have Eddie just deep unmask, uh, Ray, but like, you get like the match is going to be remembered more fondly of if the upset happens. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like that. Obviously, this match isn't that level of great, but you get my point. Like, it's a great match, and like, it would have been made even more great if, if the upset was pulled. Uh, but there were so many upsets on this show where you just can't give everybody upset. So, yeah. um, then you get to the, uh, the tech, pretty the special much the rest Kyrie of the tech. show. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> you get to the, um, Kyrie and Nanai Takahashi versus Kamatani and Lady C. And, um, go ahead, Rich. What, what were your thoughts on this match? Um, I saw them come out on the bikes and I, I found it quite humorous. Um, I, I wanted to immediately like hit mute on a video and put rolling, 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 rolling on it. I did not do that, but I watched the match. Um, I thought it was, you know, the, I'm trying to understand the get down of Kyrie right now. Um, is it? She like she's back for. Is she trying to restore the the feeling in stardom? Like to basically, you know, say all this shit's off now, or I don't know what it is. And she's bringing back her big homie tonight, and is like, yo, this is how we used to do it, do it or whatever. And then you know, Queen's Quest came out, and it was like, yo, this is a big match for them, and you know, these are like these are our people now. Um, I thought this was this was an awesome match. Lady C shows no fear. Uh, she, Lady C will not be hoed out here uh, by the Nai Takahashi. Um, they ended up losing, but you know that's that's kind of the game on this. Um, and I I thought this was awesome. Like, and then like I was kind of more interested in the post match though. Okay, so uh, my thoughts on matches. I thought the match was very good. I'm giving this three and three quarters. Um, there's been this thing or it happens where like people that watch Yoshi longer than us or watch Piro longer than us, like they're aware that like the older wrestlers still function under the, I don't want to put anybody over. I'm not going to know. I'm not going to sell people shit phase. And like, they hate these people. And like when you, and like when I watch people's commentary on the nine Takahashi and stardom, like I'm very aware of like, they, they hate her guts and, or a lot of them do hate her guts or, or think less of her than than outside of think less of her than her actual skill level, mm-hmm. um, and so like I'm like I take it with a grain of salt, but like <clears throat> I'm watching this match and I'm watching um, Nanai sell for Lady C, and I'm just like, what are you gonna play? What are you gonna complain about next? So like I, I don't I don't know how I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know how to ha- handle, but like because like whatever I don't know, but. Um, I thought this was a very good match, 
And I thought that Kamatani and Kyrie had very good chemistry. And like, I mentioned to see what their match is going to look like because they're going to have a match on the, on that, on the next pay per view on the 21st of August. And, um, Nanai, she, uh, she ends up winning with the, uh, top rope splash. Um, and she ends up calling out Shuri and she wants a red belt match. And like, that is a match that like, if I were to say matches that I would most want to see Shuri have, uh, while she still has a red belt, that would be one of them. That would be one of the top five matches I can think of in the whole Joshi world of Nanivers her. Um, like if people like the, the mat, you know, people really love the matches that she had. She's the red belt match she's had with Utami. Um, and like, because of the, the level of violence in bomb throwing and like, quite frankly, like, before Nanai's ankle injury, she was at a higher level with this than Utami was. Uh, is she has she reached that level since then? No. Um, but I do recall um, um, the last real like killer match she had to have was her uh, anniversary match last year with Arisa Nakajimi, and that uh, and I gave that match four and a half. I love that match. Like so, she can still do it to a certain extent, um, but. I just want to see her go out there and go out there with somebody that has that dog and just like Shuri does and go out here and just say, if somebody, if somebody gets injured, we'll apologize backstage. Like that, yeah. that's kind of wrestling and not Takahashi was doing in 2019 when she was killing it with like people like Takumi or, or whoever else like, and Shuri can do that. And we've seen Shuri have those kind of matches with people over the, over the, uh, the last couple of years. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see that match. And, uh, just like, you know, I didn't get translations on this or anything, mm. but it, it just seems like, you know, an old bully calling out like, you know, the the contemporary, you know, person that be like, oh, this is y'all tough, tough person. And then Sherry is like, I mean, I'll fight you like like and she's like, yeah, I, I know who you are. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. Um, you used to book me. Yeah. It's like, you know, we can do it. Like, I'll whoop you like, right. I, you know, this is my shit now. Yeah. And the uh the Kyrie and uh Sayakamatani one, that one was like way different. <laughs> it, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, look, but, man. Kamatani did not get pinned in this match. Kyrie has said to her that she wanted a match with her since like an Osaka show back in like I think June. Maybe it was June, but it was at least it's been at least a month. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Nanai and Shuri like bl- came off the blows, and then Ami jumped in on Nanai and was like face to face with her. Yeah. And it was like, "What's going on here?" And yeah, I, and then I, I was like, "That's like a yeah, that's like a tag setup or something." Yeah, maybe it's a tag. Maybe it's a do a match before. I don't know. Uh, you know, depending on how it is with the schedule, as far as like trying to fit in like the two matches that Suzu was supposed to have between now and then, or was supposed to have between now and then, they end up getting. Uh, thrown off in the schedule they'll have to be added back later but um yeah uh back to, to get to uh to get back to uh Kyrie and Kamatani Kamatani gets on the mic and she's like crying in tears and like this keep in mind like Kyrie has uh wanted said that she wanted to match with her over a month ago they're in this tag match Kamatani did not get pinned. Kyrie then says, my team won the tag match. I want the title shot that I was talking about a month ago or whatever else. And Kamatani's fucking crying. And I'm like, 
what is wrong with you? Like, how, what is this? What was the last, what, what did we, why did Tam put you over in December and then in March? And then why did Utami put you over in March? And why does Twilight, or I say Twilight, why did Starlight Kid put you over last month for you to cry and quake in the boots of, of, uh, Kyrie, Kyrie, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't recall seeing Starlight Kid crying when, she, uh, when Kyrie showed back up because they want to have a singles match. Yeah, um. I was kind of watching it and I don't have translations for this or anything. The only thing I could think of was, does she have any kind of like reverence for Kyrie or anything that she's spoken about before? No, No. not to my knowledge. This this wasn't like an influence of hers or anything like that or no. Her Kamatani story is she was a dancer, a dancing idol, uh, that eventually uh, came, start dancing at these wrestling, uh, at these idol shows that Tam was putting on before the uh, stardom shows were happening in Shinkiba, first rings. And then Tam and Rossi convinced her into hopping into wrestling because she's five, six and athletic and, 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 and bouncy and springy. And the rest is history. I, so I, I don't recall her ever. I think, I think at some point she had some love for, uh, for New Japan wrestling in Ibushi. Mm-hmm. But as far as stardom, I don't recall her ever being some stardom fan. Like it's, this isn't like uh, this isn't like Utami in uh, in Io Shirai. This is not this is not the same thing at all. In that case, that throws off my theory. Um, I, I guess like yes, I, I do miss her dancing with Thero Negro. That's funny. He said she was getting it. That's funny. Um, but um, Rich is a hater dancing. That's just funny, bro. That's just hilarious. <laughs> um, so my the way I saw it was like yo, I thought that there was some type of like. Hey, I looked up to you, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I didn't necessarily know that I would have to face you one day, and I can't believe you're gonna try to like. like I don't want to fight you because you know I have this reverence for you, but mm-hmm. I will fight you. And but you're not gonna take you know this thing from me that I worked so hard for mm-hmm. and just drop back in. Like that's what it kind of looked like to mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess so, no, that's not the case at all. She's just a geek, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Why did why did we why did we just pick, why did we just have two of the top four push you over the last year for you to do this shit? I was like, what are you doing? Get get your ass stand up, stand up! I, I couldn't believe this shit. I was I was upset. I could not believe this. Like, what are you doing? Get up! When um, game day comes, she will she will have the game face. You don't worry. Oh my god! About about to break Kyrie off some, you know. Phoenix Splash, you know, laying down. I tell you this right now. After she did this, I was like, Kyrie, drop an elbow on her and trans- just transition about the Starlight Kid and pay back the loss you uh, you gave her back in March. That's how I felt. I was like, you may as well just do that because like, what what is this? We gotta we gotta rebuild her after crying off not losing. She cried after not losing. <sighs> like. Whatever, whatever. So, um, let's, let's, whatever, man. Like, she can always overcome this. She can wrestle her ass off, but whatever. Uh, so, um, then the next match after that, you end up with, uh, Utami versus, I'm sorry, no, Mayu versus, uh, Mirai. And this match was very good, and, but the turning point was. That fucking lariat to the back of the head. <laughs> no, no, no. The real turning point was, like, when they got into the story of, like, 
Mayu goes for uh, her um, goes for a tope a tope through the ropes, and Mariah hardly races her and says, "I'll move." And Mariah, I'm sorry, and Mayu just crashes and burns uh, neck and shoulder first uh, onto uh, the floor the floor mats, and then Mariah then picks her up and gives her like a I don't even know what to call it. It, it's like a, it's not a power bomb, but it's but it's also not a neck breaker, but it is a power bomb. Either way, she dropped her, she dropped Mayu right on her on right on the mat on the floor over that shit, and it looked gross. And then like at some point, Mariah gave her two more of those, and uh, Mayu's fighting back. As she's fighting back, Mariah is just like killing her with lariats. And then at some point, she start throwing these big ass lariats to the back of Mar- uh, the back of Mayu's skull and, and neck and just just they look devastating. I'm like these I don't see them coming uh shit's look just look so devastating and they're awesome. Bro, you are, you remember the N64 wrestling games when you would do like a running like clothesline and then the person would collapse and there would be like a knockout. Like yep. that's what them that's what them clotheslines right. look like. Yes. So um after after uh, Mayu tried to uh, try to some type of comeback, she got cut off with hit with another one of them big bomb lariats in the back of her, her back of her skull, and then Mariah got her up with a, a Miramare shock and uh, and pinned her, and like this continues the streak of where like I think I think Mayu's like one in eight all time in uh, opening day uh, Grand Prix matches, and I think she's lost like the last eight in a row. So like next year, like I just ain't gonna expect I expect Mayu to lose again, but whatever. Like Mariah just pinned. The most decorated person in stardom history, the you know the Tanahashi, the whatever you want to call it, biggest star of the company, um, like, and and that was really cool. Um, so I ended up giving this four stars. I, I really enjoyed the hell out of this match. I thought like Mayu selling in this match was fantastic, and Mariah was just like, she just all she does is have good big matches. Yep. Um, I'm getting lost here. Uh, so next match after that. Tommy versus Himeka and shoulder tackles, shoulder, shoulder tackles, uh, Larius, Larius, no selling, uh, suplexes. Like this is just fun. Just fun. Big hauls, hausing around. Um, I can't remember much of this match cause it's been so many matches, but, uh, by the end, uh, after teasing it, finally getting it, Mariah, uh, sorry, uh, Himeka ends up hitting Utami with the running power bomb. Uh, and end up pinning Utami. Uh, I ended up giving this four flat. I, I was, I, they gave me everything I wanted out of this match. Two, two I, big, strong women throwing blows. I did not expect this. Um, I assumed Utami had the, the hair backs or powers were restored. Um, they were not on this night. Um, but, uh, I thought Mecca looked awesome. And this was, uh, this was an awesome way to get, uh, it was a shock that I was like, whoa, shit. And I didn't. Yeah rejected or anything i was like oh Omega's on the board so um yeah utami will be fine yeah i'm yeah, <clears throat> ready to fight the next day uh main event hazuki versus julia they go out they go out to the floor and you know they have a propensity to one to brawl on the floor from hazuki formerly being you know her her former uh, oedo tai hood rat days and one of the start matches on the floor where like mm-hmm. nothing can happen so you just want me personally after watching like five of them you want to just get in the ring every time and julia liking to start matches hot by brawling on the floor which uh, same thing always like i see enough of these just get your ass back in the ring and fight so we're a place where someone actually can win but they end up taking it up to the ramp and um 
<laughs> I forgot how it happened, but but Hazuki, because you know, it's two sets of stairs. And Hazuki at some point said, fuck this, and just like shoved or somehow got Julia sliding down them uh stairs. And like there's an all-time picture. Yes, there's an all-time picture of like <coughs> of of Julia basically like you can see her go going ass over tea kettle down them stairs, and you can see like Hazuki in the background, and she can see almost like she's walking away, as if she's like she's walking away from like just catching a body. It was fucking hilarious. But anyway, bro, she bro. Uh, Julia was falling down them steps like Jason Derulo. <laughs> So, uh, so then Hazuki, she, uh, she backs up by the, uh, higher flight, uh, sets of stairs and then she runs off the platform and hits a running, uh, crossbody, uh, on this ramp that is like, it's not a straight ramp. Like this ramp has a, has a incline and decline. And like, so, uh, she ends up, you know, hitting a crossbody onto the ramp on Julia in the back in the ring. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of great wrestling. Ultimately, uh, the finishing stretch is Hazuki saying like, you tough, but how tough are you? Because, like, I'm about to hit you with this shoot head butt. I'm about to hit you with this Mich- Michinoku Driver 2, and then I'm going to get your ass up. And I'm not even going to try to ping you because I know they ain't going to ping you. I'm going to get your ass up and hit you with my finish. The the high angle brain buster. And, like, I know you got, I know, you know, I know you lost the tournament last year or left the tournament last year with a bad neck, but we're going to see, you're going to see if this neck is healed up because I'm going to make sure, I'm going to put that shit to the test. Drop so, you on it. Yeah. Like, and it pinned her. And I was like, this was incredible, like, three move sequences. It was just like, she, if this is her new finish, her new sequence to beat people, I'm fine with it because this is awesome. Uh, shoot head, but Mission Ogre Driver, Brain Buster, boom, 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 gets the win over Julia. Uh, I, I, uh, I thought it was the best match of the show. I gave this uh four and a quarter. I love this match. Big win for Big Zook, and um, I don't know. Like, I, I think this may be her signature win of, of the tournament here. Um, <laughs> interesting that Utami and Julia lose night one. Mayu lose night one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's and it's like those three are in a hole uh, to start this thing intrigue building intrigue so um yeah i thought this was a great show uh i'll go through night one faster uh night two faster so they did a pre-show match where basically at some point like i think azumi and uh amasaki started they go through um they go through the other queen's quest team of hina and c uh azumi ends up catching um c with a zumi sushi Azumi ends up in the next match is Roaka and uh, Rina. Azumi is catching Roaka with an Azumi Sushi. And then you get them getting a stars team of Hazuki and uh, Hanan, where they start with Azuki and uh, Hazuki and, uh, um, and sorry, Azumi. And that was really fun until they end up getting Amasaki in there with Hanan. And Amasaki ends up pinning Hanan with a flash pin. And I was like, hmm, she's never had a, a, uh, a futures title Belt match, and sure enough, next day it's announced on the next pay per view, Amasaki and Hannon for the Futures Belt. Uh, and then ultimately, the last team that comes out is uh, Micah and uh, Mai, and then Micah destroys Amasaki with a discus lariat that she had to get a second time because she fu- because uh, Amasaki fucked up the cell for the first one. She was like, "Nope, 
I'm not paying you that way. Get up. I'm finna hit you. To, I'm finna hit you again and gave her another one and pinned her. Um, so the first night of the of the uh, main show is Kaguma versus Kogo. They're doing the bear stuff. Um, Kogo didn't fall for it. She ended up double crossing Kaguma. Uh, they wrestle around a little bit more, and then ultimately during the high speed stuff, Kaguma ends up catching Kogo with a Kuma roll. I end up giving this two and three quarters. The second match is Mina versus Momo. Mina comes out first. She's doing the Mina dancing. And then and it's a tight shot. And then all of a sudden, coming into the frame is, is Momo with the kicks and beats the shit out of her on the ramp. It brings her to the ring. Um, and then um, this match was really good. And then all of a sudden, like she's getting... Uh, Momo is eating up Mina with kicks. And then all of a sudden, Mina... At a point of desperation, she starts breaking out her own mid-kicks to the chest. Um, you know, she had been showcasing on um, on Twitter that she had been practicing kicks. But, like, these are good fucking kicks. Like, like yeah. These, like, if she, this is what she's going to add to. She, like, this changed her trajectory if she's going to add this. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. So, matches are, uh, matches are being really good. Uh, they get to the finish where, like, Momo f- feels compelled to beat this person that she beat. She's beaten up two times before in singles matches. And she ends up going for the wrench. Um, the ref catches her with the wrench. And then uh, the ref and Momo are fighting over the wrench. And then uh, Mina comes in with a running uh, Enziguri. And then um, at the end of it, after um, Momo seems like she's got everything in control, Mina escapes, ends up hitting the Glamour's Collection Mina, uh, that the seatbelt thing that Ruler Yuta also does, and uh, got the win. And then Mina says, hey, you're one-third of the, t- of the uh, trios champions. Me, Second Saki, and uh, Unagi want a shot at your title. So that's on the 21st. Uh, but yeah, like this is probably the biggest uh, win of Mina's career in stardom. And um, this is... This is... This is probably her best singles match. This is probably her best singles match. I end up Go giving, the Mina. Uh, yeah, I end up giving. I was vacillating between giving this three and three quarters or three and a half. I just stopped. I, st- I stuck at three and three quarters or three and uh, three and a half. So, but yeah, it was a really good match. Um, Zekamaki says, "I need Mina Saber to hit one German suplex, and I'm setting it off like Boosie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set this bitch off." So, uh, then you end up getting uh, Risa Sarah in there with with uh, all cap Saki. And this match was disappointing. This match was good, but like given what they have shown um, of late in stardom, I thought that those two would have like a three and a half star match. They had on having like a, just a three star flat match. Um, at the end, uh, Risa ends up uh, catching Saki with this like she, it's an air raid crash that she just after she drops you, she just holds the pin. And just holds it in the three, but it wasn't like it. Like this was like meant to be like a roll up, where like Saki was trying to wiggle out and with, with her feet, but she can. She got caught with with you know with uh, Risa on her. But I wonder how that's gonna play in, into future you know uh, matches in the tournament. But yeah, uh, three flat stars. Um, Kyrie and Nespoi versus Mayu and Ida. Kyrie, Ida. I'm sorry, Kyrie and Nespoi come down to the ring and like I've never seen. Two people so fucking happy or enjoying each other's company so goddamn much. Like, between, like, 
Rich, you would have hated this weekend. Between Nassipoy and Tam rolling around on the ring together after they won that, uh, the, the gauntlet match in the pre-show, and then between uh, Nassipoy and Kyrie, like I, I, I you'd have, you would have felt like you would have felt like as if like if you like I know you're mad on behalf of yourself and Julia and liking Nassipoy so much, but like on behalf of Julia, Julia has to be watching this shit backstage. She's like, really? Like she like she she left me and now she's cheating on me with multiple women. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, like, Kyrie comes down to the ring with Nassim Poi. Kyrie has her own... Like, she run around in the street. She has her own... She, she, like, remember, like, Nassim Poi has uh, Kyrie's 2015 Red Belt Championship gear that she is worn against Tam back into uh, last year's White Belt title match. Uh, She wears it for this show. And not only that, Kyrie has... A matching pirate hat to put for Nassipoy to put on when for pose for pictures. So, like it is Nassipoy, it is Kyrie, it is Nassipoy in a in a uh in a pirate's hat. And you know what the name of the tag team is? What? The Poirates. The who? Poi Nassipoy Pirates. The oh, Poirates. Man. Yes, oh, man. I, I know. I, look, I I knew. Uh, like you you'll hate it more when you see it. There's one thing to be explained, explained it audibly or uh, in audio form. When you see it, you're going to be like, I fucking hate this. Because you hate this one so much now. But Disgusting. Uh, Kyrie starts the match with Ida. And Ida, like, just great showmanship, personality, says, hey, you throw overhand chops. I throw chops. You throw yours, I throw mine. They go back and forth throwing chops. They sell for the other's big chops. Uh, even, even before then, like, Ida was like, you got big muscles. You know, gym owner Kyrie. I got big muscles. They tried to get a pose off. Kyrie didn't want no pose off. She got convinced to do a pose off. They got they out there flexing. Then they do the chops back and forth. Um, then you get Mayu and in uh, 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 nice point in there. They do high speed stuff. Um, there's a, there's a there's a. This is just, I I really I think this is uh, Kyrie's best tag match she's had uh, out of all the ta- tag match she's had. So I gave this four flat. I thought they were fantastic. I thought it was funny at the beginning. I thought. Ida was great. I thought all four of them were great in this match. Like, this reminded me a lot of, uh, and I thought Mayu was on her game, and, like, I thought that, like, it reminded me a lot of, in ways, like, the Russell Kingdom tag match. Um, mm. Except it went longer. Uh, that one may have been better, but this one went longer, so I ended up giving this one four stars. Uh, Kyrie is, uh, Kyrie is a winning after Natsupoy hits to her uh, ferial gift on Ida, and then, um, Kyrie hits the, the elbow drop on Ida. Uh, so then you end up getting to Tam versus Hameka. Uh, um, small girl, big girl, uh, uh, all of the, all those spots. You're an idiot. I. Hameka is trying to do. Hameka trying, trying to pick to, her up. Hameka is trying. Oh my god. Hameka is uh doing a whole bunch of lariating and, and stuff and like Tam finds escapes by like, you know, kicking the kicking the lariat and then working the arm. Ultimately there's a spot where like uh Tam's in trouble. Hameka goes to give her like the power bomb out of the corner to the opposite corner and Tam escapes and ultimately this leads to a a a bottom rope superplex from back superplex. I was like, what was the point of even doing all this? Whatever. Uh ultimately after that happens Tam says, I have enough of this shit 
V-trigger from the front, V-trigger to the back of the head, V-trigger from the side, front, back, side to side, and then uh, hits the Twilight Dream on Hameka and Hameka because she's she's just built like a damn rubber band. Like, her neck just crunches, and she sits there and lays and gets, gets pinned. Uh, I ended up giving this three and a half. I, uh, like, this this match started slow, but like by the time like Tam got into gear for the finish, like he's got this into the good ter- the very good territory. Uh <clears throat> next next match for Rye versus Julia. This match is like Julia t- t- sometimes some of the bad Julia stuff is she likes to like do mat and, and ground wrestling at the start of her match. Sometimes she can it cannot She's not working. She's not working with her best, uh, her best attributes. But mm-hmm. Mariah is so good as a mat and um, floor wrestler that like this match held together very well. And then the bomb started throwing, and uh, Julie was in control when that started happening. And then uh, Mariah like answered back with some lariats and also hit lariats uh, to the back of the dome. And um, Julia. Um, I forgot exactly what the finish was, but like it was some of the lines of like somebody had a big move. Julia escaped out of it and got into a pin situation, like a matchbox, a matchbox pin. And then he started reversing pins back and forth. And then at the end, uh, Mariah reversed it into a Rana cradle and got the win. Uh, I get this four flat stars. I thought it was excellently wrestled. And, um, Julia, Julia was like, what the fuck? And I was just like, this I was like, this is great because like she finna come back roaring out this shit. And it's like, this is like those Naito runs, except like night except this Naito in particular is like having great matches at the start of it and just happens to lose, as opposed to like not trying hard and then trying hard as start winning matches. So like I think this is gonna be I think this come look, this this uh what do you call it? Setback for a major come up is gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So uh yeah, Mariah ends up beating Her Julia and leader. Mayu. Yeah. Nice one and two. For Mariah. Yeah. The Look push was that. over though, right? The push was over. Um Could have stayed in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then uh the next match after that is Kamatani versus Kid. And this is basically like I can't say it's the same match as their white belt match because like the white belt match has so much of the story of the match being about like the leg being worked over. But it's like, imagine if they decide to have like all the same moves in their match, except like we're not going to bog down the match or whatever you want to call it by adding or adding to the match. Let's say adding to the match with sell, selling a leg and then proceeding to not sell the leg and do spectacular shit or whatever else. So I love this match. I love this fucking match. Four and a quarter. I've got, I think it went like 12 minutes. They just RLPW, get the bullshit out the way. Like don't or not the bullshit, but like the, the shit that's gonna make the, the story not make sense of the match you're trying to sell. It was great. At the end, uh Kid ends up uh she looking she's in trouble for a little bit and then she ends up uh, hitting uh the uh Momonakanishi like Hurricane Rana pin deal. Uh it's called a Momo Momorachi, Momo Latch, whatever. Uh gets the gets the big, you know, roll up win on Kamatani. She finally's gotten off the snide against Kamatani, so I think I think their career record is like I think she may have lost two or three times to Kamatani. Now she finally won one. Uh, obviously, she's still on the hunt for the white belt, so that's back at play. And like it looked like Kamatani wanted to cry again. I was like, what the fuck? At least it wasn't as bad as the the, the Kyrie full on sobbing shit. But like I was like, stop trying, stop crying, stop. But she's emotional. Yeah, she's loud. 
Yeah. So, uh, next match after that, the main event, Utami versus Shuri. They did it again. Not, not a draw. This wasn't a draw. They, they did do it again, though. They had another absolute banger. Uh, you've seen them do it once. You've seen them do it twice. You've seen them do it three times, four times. Uh, this is the fifth time. No. Yeah, it's the fifth time, I think. They, they went out there. They did them. It was fantastic. At the end, like, you know, Utami, we've all seen Utami coming ever since we started watching the show, uh, watching starting 2019, early 2019. We knew she was going to be a future champion, potential, probably a future ace, all that kind of stuff. However, I have never, like, I've never viscerally rooted for her in the middle of a match. I always appreciated her and thought she was a great champion and all that kind of stuff and, and everything. I've always liked her. I've never, like, she's never been my favorite, right? Like, my favorites are Tam and Mayu and Shuri, right? And start in, you know, Azumi, right? So they get down to closing stretch of this match. And I'm just like, you got it, Tommy. Just put her away. Just put her away. And then she, she does, she, she hits the black tiger bomb, the spinning razor's edge, and she drops Shuri and Shuri's out. And the pin happens, gets to one, gets to two. Shuri grabs her head, Right. And then gets to three, and then like Shuri like rolls over, and then like Shuri eventually like basically come came to it like basically like she got hit with the with the with the black tiger driver. She was knocked out by the black tiger driver. And this is all kayfabe, and then like she only came to at like the two count, couldn't do nothing, and then she turns over with her because she just got fucking devastated by this move, and like she starts she grabs her head and turns over and looks up and, and like screams and cries because of how much pain she's in from this fucking move. She sold this she sold this thing as if she just got destroyed. It was excellent. Like she sold this move like it's the most devastating thing in the world. Utami after, you know, a whole year of nothing. Of doing next to nothing, she felt like the biggest star in the world again. She beat she finally got off the board against like this person she could never whoop after going to, you know, three draws and a loss to her. She finally got the board and beat this person. You can never beat. She didn't in, 50, in like 40, 14 minutes and 56 seconds. She beat her at the like three seconds for the buzzer, four seconds for the buzzer. This was great. The, it played on the expectations that you like, oh, you know, you're going to get a fucking draw because it's Hatman Rossi and it started all they do is fucking draws. <laughs> and at the end of it, people, she, she beat her. She had the biggest win she had all uh, of the year. And, like, it obviously means they're going to have to have another match again. I can't wait for this fucking match again. Run it up. I Look, I, I love this match. I, four and a half. Four and a half. I love this match. I think this is their third best match. Yeah, I can't wait to watch night two. Sounds, sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but that that was starting this weekend. Just two, two great shows. Two great shows. Um, And, like... They did a lot of stuff to make you interested on built you up for next pay-per-view, built you up for future matches down the road uh, with, ch- with certain champions. Just, just like, after this, I was like, look, man, Ross and Tony Khan, I don't know when they're going. I don't know when, like, they're, they're not going to be one and two for best booker. I don't know when, it, I don't know when that rain ever stops, but like, <laughs> they're about to be Kevin in the rain and LeBron in this bitch in the, in the early 2000s. Early 2010s, where it just like it's one and two them for for three four straight years. They did, they did it again, Joe. 
<laughs> like this. Yeah, I, I thought this was great. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I have on Stardom. Uh, the yeah. they have next week or in a couple weeks, or whatever. So we'll get to it when we get to it. But like, it's a loaded show, loaded show with tons of great matches. Um, and that's gonna be another killer show. Yep, they are running it up on the pay per views. So, um, there is the announcement of the IWGP oh, yeah. um, Women's Championship. Yeah. Um, that is. Do you have more info on that, James? Or uh, yeah, basically, uh, the, it's going to be uh, the for open the match for it is going to be on the joint show between Stardom and New Japan on uh, our November eleventh. And the name of that show is Crossover, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's X something, like and the X means cross. I think it's Crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, like. It's, it's a New Japan Pro Wrestling belt. It's not a starting belt. It is booked by Rossi, but it is a New Japan Pro Wrestling belt. Um, it will be, uh, from from what Kadani has said about it is, they plan on do, on having matches or shows, or matches to defend that belt on, like, Russell Kingdoms, Dominions, um, maybe one stardom show per year, and then uh, after that, like, shows in the U.S., like on New Japan Strong tours or whatever else. So, um, there's a lot of good options for who could be that champion. Um, so whoever they come up with is cool, but like the top belts in the promotion are still the red and white belt. And this is a new Japan belt. Um, that will be a case that will be, you know, on a stardom show once per year, uh, nowhere's Kadani. They think it'll be like eight, anywhere from four to eight defenses in any given year. Man, my, uh, my alarms are going off like a, just the history of pro wrestling and um, I would assume that a top wrestler will win this belt. I feel like this is Mayu Watani's belt. Um, It makes sense. It would fit in line with SWA. I don't think this is going to be on some lower card wrestler. I don't think this is going to be on some unimportant title. Um, And if New Japan's like hosting a lot of these that opens the door for a lot of stuff that is very late at night. I don't feel like going all the way into, but like keep your eyes open on this is what I'm saying. It's like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's a lot, man. Like, and it's, you can give it to Kyrie. That's another good option. Zekamaki says um, it's going to be on the biggest name and Kyrie doesn't wrestle full time anyway. So if the belt, is on that schedule, you could just put it on her and do that. You could. Um, He's an option. It makes sense. It's like it was an option that made sense too until she resigned with, with WWE. Yep, and I don't know. Like, like this opens the door for Stardom to be absorbed into New Japan one day. I know people don't want to hear it. Maybe think I'm crazy, um, but like you know the belts. If, if you know they're looking for ways to like i got spooked by that new japan press conference let's just say that like where all the moves they're making i i feel like they're they told us like they're about to start making drastic moves they're about to quote unquote come into the uh 21st century if you will uh i look at something like carl frederick's not being re-signed and i'm like well they the whole thing with him is like they missed the boat they were they were screaming about youth He's gone at 32 now. 
Um, this thing is like, and I feel like it's a shining example of maybe their young lion system needs to speed up. And maybe that if they were developing new people, they wouldn't be looking for other options. Like now they're talking about going to the West and, you know, incorporating women into the thing. And, uh, you know, I am, I am very wary of this whole thing. Yeah. I, I, it's a possibility. I'm not really concerned. Um, cause I, I think, well, like, cause oh, I'm like thinking New of, Japan needs to be refreshed and what better way to refresh them than with the hot product. Of yeah, but the hot product relative to new, to, to the, to the standard of them wanting to draw what they've been drawing or draw compared more to what they were before the pandemic, I don't think Stardom's going to get them there. Uh, I get the idea if you put the the same kind of exposure behind it, maybe it does. But like uh, after hearing that Kadani was saying that like they've reached their Stardom has reached like their seven year plan that they have for them in year three. <laughs> um, I I don't think that like the idea is a like we are going to start like taking younger people and train them to be wrestlers because that works for stardom. And like, in the meantime, between time we'll use the stardom wrestlers to be the stopgap until we get ourselves another Okada. Right. I, 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 I don't think that like, I, I don't see how like you absorbing people or whatever, blah, 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 whatever you're going to do. Like, I think keeping them separate makes you more money like long short term and long term so i i, I so when it, when well, you, you, they got to spend more money too i would think it right now it's just like you know you're booking double the amount of buildings you're um setting up tours for, for both sides you're maintaining two separate payrolls like if you chop half of them yeah but the reason why you're making more money <laughs> uh the reason why you're uh spending more money is because one you're doing all these shows on the new japan side to break even on the new japan front while stardom because they do smaller venues and they sell way more merch because they have horny, a lot of horny men that will spend money on these women. I don't think you can replicate that to that, to that extent. If you put them in new Japan pro wrestling, because they didn't like those people that are spending that amount of money on merch. They're, they're, they're not new Japan fans. I don't think. Mm. And even if they were, and even if they were, they already watched both. So like the so the idea really if you're trying to make uh profit off of that then it'd be like do smaller venues for New Japan, it wouldn't be to like put the uh the women like on all these New Japan shows thinking that like it's going to like I, I'm way down uh, the road on that but like like I don't know I just I just see this whole thing and I don't know I'm just I see pre- predatory tactics like often in just but reading yeah, about but, the history of wrestling. I know Japan's different, but like mm-hmm. I don't put it past new Japan with them. Like with that, with that uh, press conference looking to shake things up and, and do different things. Like I feel like they're in the we'll try anything mode. I I just think that it wouldn't work. I just, I just think that like it wouldn't work. Like, I, I don't know why if you're a New Japan fan that doesn't watch Stardom, like why you would care, or why does it make you like want to continue being a customer? Not to say that the women aren't great wrestlers, they are, but it's like, okay, like if I wanted to watch this, I could have watched this. I see them every year at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't care. 
yeah, it's uh, it's a lot, it's something to think about. So we'll monitor the story as it keeps going. Yeah, uh, but that's the end of the show. Be thank or uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, if you're watching from the stream, go to the Cash App, go to the PayPal. If you are listening from the stream, go to our word circle in the um in the show links and uh, drop us off a donation. Be sure to listen to the other shows on the network besides One Nation Radio, Keeping a Strong Style, The Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Watch This Shit, uh, The Grave Consequences Podcast, 8 Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Mass Generator, Get in the Ring, Meet the Press Slam, and AEW Match Guide. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.